Hello. This is Mortimer Blandington welcoming you to the Metal Injection Livecast. Randy Bly is on the show tonight, promoting his new book, Dark Days. I can't wait to hear all of Sid's hard-hitting questions. Just kidding. Sid is already hiding under the console. Coward. Here's the show. True. He really Shame. is. He really is under there, and he's farting from there, and it's yeah. disgusting. It's nervous gas. I'm sorry. Just. <laughs> it's okay, Sid. We forgive <sighs> you. Thank you. Welcome to the Metal Injection Livecast. We have a huge, huge show for you tonight. Randy Bly from Lamb of God will be making the first stop on his book tour. Big star. For the big book, Dark Days. It really is a hefty tome. Like, Rob is not joking about it being. It's bigger than Dave Mustaine's book. I'll tell you that. pages. Uh, And it's it's a great book, and we're going to be talking to him all about it in the second hour of the show. Again, Randy Bly from Lamb of God to talk about his book, Dark Days, in the second hour of our show. It's Rob here with the Metal Injection Livecast, here with Noah. Say hello, Noah. Hi. 3D, Darren. That's me. Hi. Hi, everybody. And the guy who was uh, got up, up from under the console. We're talking about Sid. No, I'm still down there. Sid has the been farting so yeah. much, and yep. it's like there's no ventilation in this studio because we're in a different <laughs> studio today. And It's um, going to be really dark days when Randy gets here and we're all passed out. Like dark, <laughs> also dark literally because there'll be a the fog cloud, over yes, the, the brown cloud. The room. Yeah. It's what I can contribute to <laughs> to this the proceedings today. You normally fart through the show, but this is I mean, it sounds like musical instruments coming usually, out of your yeah, asshole. Yeah, usually it's like very silent farts. Today it is like an orchestra. Instead of hard hitting questions, I'm just gonna be shart sitting. <laughs> shart sitting <laughs> questions. <laughs> Not even questions, just shorts just sitting on charts. Now I have to ask you a question. So no. are are you going to when Randy gets here, are you going to hold back your farting at all? Are you gonna temper it? <sighs> Let, let, you might not have to fart anymore, but let's say it doesn't taper off. Are you going to I keep don't know, pumping man. it? I feel like, I mean, it depends on how talkative everyone is. Because if, <laughs> if there's a lot of silences, I don't want to like fart into a silence where so, everyone hears it. But if I could do it and like no, because he's going to be sitting across from me. So right. I don't know that he'd hear it. So you're going to sneak it in like when Rob's talking yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really probably. Loud. Okay. I'll just grab Rob's thigh and for leverage. So this kind of raise his volume as <laughs> so you can't even hold it until he talks on your own. You have to tell him to talk when your farts coming out. No, no, no. He'll be mid sentence, and I'll, <laughs> when I grab the leg, he knows right. to just bring it up a few octaves. Oh, gotcha. I'm gonna time. shiver a bit. So this is a little your game you can grabbing. play if you're listening to this. When Randy's here, you can see oh. if you can hear the farts from Sid. Yeah. And, and if all of a sudden you hear a door slam, it's because I've pooped myself and had to leave the studio in a hurry. It's possible. Uh, just take a dump in Cousin Brucey's uh, yeah. studio. Well, I was the one who ate Chipotle before the show. Yeah. So. Did you just say Chipotle? Yes. <laughs> is that a joke? It's like or when that... people say Target. Okay, I didn't I ca- know that. I call all it right. Chipotle. I thought you were just didn't know. I didn't... Chipotle. No. That's not that's that either. Chipotle. That's... It's not It's Chipotle. Chipotle. Okay, we'll go with that. Chipotle. I'm very uncomfortable right now. With all uh, that is a non-paid <laughs> product placement for Chipotle that we just put in. We just we're just no, genuine well, fans. No, well, I didn't want to say the the name the right way because I didn't want to give them product placement in case they want to buy ads on our. Yes, show. but it's not product placement. We don't have the product here. Yeah, it's right there on oh, the corner. Oh damn it! <laughs> now it's pro- sorry about my that. half-eaten burrito bowl. Mm. Now, Darren, you weren't here last week, right? How'd the show go? 
I didn't get to hear it. It was a wonderful program. I wanted to call in, but we were driving at the time. Oh, you didn't have hands free. I didn't. Well, I had to use the 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 map uh, function on my phone, so I didn't. I thought it would you know be too complicated to be on the phone with you and then (laughs) looking at the fucking map. It would have been funny. You could have just like called us and just given directions the whole time. We just have you on in the background. <laughs> it would have been hilarious uh, as I crash into a guard. Oh, by the way, we drove um, uh, on the. I took my mother to a, a West Coast uh, Mets trip, so we went to Los Angeles and San Francisco. And I wanted my wife to go. She, we were going on like three vacations in the next four or five months, so she had it felt like she had to stay and stay at work. Mm. And pick her spots. So I took my mom. Uh, but anyway, we drove on the on the PCH, which I th- you know I, we were going to uh, what's that Pacific Coast Highway. Okay. So we were going to we flew to to Long Beach. We and the plan was we we're going to drive up to San Francisco, see the three games there, and then fly back from San Francisco. So I, someone told me, "Oh, you got to drive on the PCH. Drive on the PCH is great." It goes all the way up to Seattle. You want to drive off a friggin' cliff? Yeah, exactly. I had no Jesus. idea. So I was, and I'm looking at pictures. And I'm like, oh, this is really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. About fifty percent of the way there from Los Angeles to San Francisco on this highway is on the edge of a cliff. Mm-hmm. At many times with no guardrails. Yeah, it's really and scary. It was. I was shitting myself. I was like, as soon as you can turn off of this. To, it was beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It was so gorgeous. it's one of the most beautiful drives in the country. But I, but I also, said also it's a good way to avoid speeding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not really. <laughs> we happen to be like going north. You're on the inside, so we're like a slightly. If you're on the, the the southbound lane, you're like right on the edge of the fucking cliff, at no guardrails a lot of the time, and right into the water, deep plunge how, into the water. Like how is there? No, that makes no sense to me. Think agreed. Well, and also it's like if it, if it was that bad, they would have, clearly it's not that. But how is it not that bad? It has to be. <laughs> they, you, look, think of how how many stupid drivers there are around. Yeah. You telling me people don't drive off the side of the cliff constantly? <laughs> well, maybe, I guess uh, they're never discovered, so it's not may, talked about. Or maybe Darren, you were on a movie set, and they <laughs> they were going to have like a car going over the the cliff. Uh, they want so they're just trying to capture they're, people yeah. randomly going over the cliff to put in a movie. That way, saying. you don't have to buy the the stock footage. Yeah. <laughs> that's, how they, that's how Hollywood saves money these yeah. days. So we did, but yeah. So we got there. I was. I kept telling her, let's let's get off at the next place where there's an exit. There was no exit for like a hundred oh miles. My God, you just had to keep going around this fucking cliff, and then we would get around and like, oh, that looks like the end of it, and then you'd go around, and there's another whole piece of mountain like right after it. <laughs> Yeah. Sounds like when I went hiking in L.A. Uh, it was a very similar experience, except I was on foot. Uh-huh. And it was like, oh, we we went to, to go to the Hollywood sign. And it was like, you know, heavy breathing and all that. You get fatigued really quickly because mm-hmm. of the, the altitudes. And, and it was like, okay, I see, I see the Hollywood sign. It's not that far. Right. And then you like make a turn, and it's like, wait a minute, now I'm behind the mountain? Now I have to go <laughs> all the way around yeah. the mountain? And then we got around this one mountain, and then it's like, Three more mountains. It's like, wait a minute. Now the Hollywood sign is further. What's go- how do I get there? It's a mirage. And eventually, I just gave up because uh, you shouldn't go hiking on acid. I was not. <laughs> it was really a straight line yeah. for like ten feet, and you just. <laughs> you was Rob actually never left the hotel room. I just kept room. getting lost. No, I, went I was to, like a little high, but that was it. Oh, yeah. I went to the Hollywood sign when I went to LA with you and Frank and Sid. Uh, but it was like your weed contact was at the bottom of the Hollywood sign or something. What? I don't, I don't even remember. It was like t- it was like t- it wasn't like an out uh, an excursion to the Hollywood sign. It was just you were meeting a dude there to get weed, 
And it was like not right under it, but it was like oh, at the end okay. of the block. Yeah, uh, you just see it in the distance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it was pretty close. It was yeah. like a, it looked like about five blocks away before no, the I, hill started. Was this I got that guy really that looked close. like Turtle from Entourage that you met up with in L.A.? Who was that guy? Oh yeah, no, I think that was. Well, it was Turtle from Entourage. It wasn't <laughs> Turtle from. Entourage. <laughs> Who was it? A friend of mine named Alex. <laughs> okay. Who plays Turtle on Entourage? Yeah. <laughs> it was a, like a New York dude that lives out there, right? I yeah. remember him having an accent. Yeah, he was from. That's how I know. Hey, yeah. fuck, I love living in LA. It's fucking great, and it was just kind of like that. Yeah, he got you some. <laughs> got me some sweet chiba. Yeah. Nice. Do you still every time you go out there? Do you still look him up to hook you up? No, I've actually lost touch with him. Oh, what happened? Do would you like to? He, he lives in LA. Cliff. I never see him. Listening? Do would you like to say something right now? Alex, uh, you're a great guy. Thank you for getting me uh, weed that one time. Uh-huh. <laughs> no fucking problem. <laughs> you got it. Congratulations on the Entourage movie coming out. Thank you. <laughs> it came out already. That means That's a lot to me. Oh, I see. <laughs> one thing I wanted to talk about on the show uh, that I talked to Noah about off air earlier Uh-oh. this week, and Noah had a very strong opinion about Uh-oh. it. Uh oh. Is Lady Baby, the uh, new Japanese band that uh, it's basically, okay, so it's like kind of a response to baby metal in that it's also a trio. The difference is the lead singer of this trio is a bearded Australian crossdresser. Okay. So it's a guy. Is it Dame Edna? It's not Dame Edna. <laughs> is it Dame Edna's son? Dame Edna never had a beard, Sydney. That, okay, so maybe Dame Edna's son has Do a we beard. know that for a fact? We've just never seen her, him yeah. or her with a beard. In public. Right. Dame Edna never, never had a, a beard. This is the Dame Edna. But anyway, so... So Noah's objection now is that it's not a lady. No, no, that's not the objection. <laughs> so let's play a little music. So Lady Beard, who's this, the front person of Lady Baby... Uh-huh. Uh, hey, nickname in high school. Excuse Rob? me. My gripe about it is, first of all, why does hold there on, need- hold on, before you get why your gripe, let's explain to- what let, it let's is. Why the- does there need to be a response to baby metal? I was going to say, it's- let the audience form their opinion, and it'll probably be the same as yours. Anyway. It's not like a, they didn't like intentionally. He didn't intentionally do this. To, 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 like, oh no! I oh, need to like show baby metal what's up. They just happened so- to make another band of kids that plays yeah. uh, pop no, metal. No, but it's not the the guy. The front person isn't. It's an adult male. Yeah, isn't it, uh, so the front per- the front man of this band is Lady Beard, who's an adult male crossdresser, and his gimmick is that he's a pro wrestler, pro wrestler turned death metal singer. Okay, so he has this. His, is he really a pro wrestler? Or yes, it's a joke. Yes, he's a okay. pro- he is he is a he's wrestled. Okay, uh, in Australia, and so is like it his, Outback Jack, his performances they start as like a pop. Pop performance, yes, and then this ja- like a Japanese wrestler comes from behind him and attacks him with a chair during the performance, and then they have a fight, uh-huh. and then he becomes like all of this rage. He turns into a death metal singer, okay. and, and he pr- performs a few death metal songs. All right, so that's the Lady Beard gimmick. Now, Lady Beard has formed a new band, which we're listening to. I'm already exhausted. called Lady Baby, which is a combination yeah. of J-pop and death metal, okay. in a similar vein to baby metal. But there, yeah, there it is. Already, you can hear. Like, why do we need another one? Why do we, why need, do we anything? need anything? Yeah, yeah like, who's to say? Like, what is <laughs> why, do I agree. why do we need metal? That sounds like Slayer. Why do we okay. need bands? I agree. So why am do, I let's not to have say, any metal or... No, uh, okay, either. am I allowed to express yeah, now, my, go, my now, disappointment yeah, yeah, with it? Now, now, what was your disappointment with it when we so, talked about it? My disappointment with it is... Why does metal have to turn into a gimmick now? It's just like... Now? Now? 
King Diamond was in a gimmick? Okay, it was, but like <laughs> this this doesn't really have any So um, why does it have to turn into a gimmick that you don't like? Also, <laughs> this isn't all of metal turning into a gimmick. It's two bands. I just, yeah. Well, it's not gang up on metal. You, you, no, yes, no, no, thank yeah. you. First of You're all, right. I'm not against you don't have to yell at me. But What? Uh, Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um I just Whatever. You're just Continue. I guess are we no, 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 no. What you told me earlier in the week that upset you is that this is not true. You you were saying that like oh yeah, right, exactly. So like so? that's what I mean. It's a gimmick and it's false. So and it's and the only reason if the reason is that he started this band, it's a response to baby metal. Then. It's not really no. An that's, honest that's me being the media putting a spin on. But it. also, who cares if it's honest? Because music should be honest. But why? Why it is it? But hold on. Though. But hold on. Why isn't this honest? If this is what he wants to do, like in Japan, this is kind of like uh, a thing where it's it's called ko- kawaii metal, okay. which kawaii means cute, which is what the girls are representing. Yeah, I have a little bit of an issue with. Um, I mean, how old are those girls? They're like uh, they're teenage pre or no, teenagers, like fifteen and seventeen. And baby metal are also teenagers, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you have a problem. So with what? I feel like a lot of the guys that listen to this must have some Asian fetish. Mm-hmm. I disagree with you. And I don't disagree. There's with something that. a little creepy about a bunch of dudes going to see these little girls dance. Okay, why? In well, skirts. hold on. We did, we already covered that. Yeah, when we like we don't have to metal, go. Back You're gonna into get that. professors in Quebec really upset at you know. Listen, <laughs> I, 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 I think well, it is what? creepy, but I think also that shouldn't dissuade them from being in a band if they want to. It's like yeah, and it's like why like why should they not do what they enjoy doing because they might attract some creeps. Exactly. Which I'm sure. I agree with that. I'm sure. I'm not. I'm sure they're like it, this is very easy targeting for I a pedophile. Just, but I. I don't think that just just if a middle aged guy happens to enjoy this type of music, they are only enjoying it because they want to have sex with these 99%, girls. Ninety nine percent. I just no. I think one percent. No, I disagree. I greatly disagree. I really hate that you know. Um, all these magazines, you know, like do these uh, What's a magazine? calendars about like women, you know, who sexualizing yeah, women. Yeah, sexualizing women. And it's one magazine. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Revolver. Well, no, Playboy does that. It's just like who cares? There's we don't need Playboy. that. Like, s- since when did metal become about that? That's what I'm saying. Always? It's not about. It's a, yeah. Like, have you ever yeah. seen a music video? From yeah, any what era happened in the eighties? Cherry the, pie. Yeah, what were yeah. the uh, music videos in the eighties? Boys like? like glam metal. It's Can always I, been well. Like Noah it. hates that too. But also, that's not what this is about, though. This is—they're not sexualizing these girls. All right. The, well, look, I don't have to like everything, no. right? No. Well, I think. Can I say my opinion? We're just First having of all, a debate. I agree with you that, this, and disagree with Rob. I think this is very contrived music. Yeah, fuck you, Rob. Uh, but <laughs> I do think, uh, like, it's not just that you you don't like it. I feel like you're saying this shouldn't even exist. It's like an affront to music. What? And like, I think that's too why, much. Why uh, do we, I mean, like, why are we even covering it? There are a lot of bands that you can focus on. Because it's interesting. And we can talk it's about. hits. It's, you know, yeah, it's, a, mean, it's, a, it's a guy, it's, a cross-dressing guy with a right. it's unique. It's, it's easy to ridicule. And it's that's ridiculous. why we're talking about I wasn't it. ridiculing it. I'm ridiculing it. Okay. This is ridiculous. Yeah. However, if somebody likes that, good for you. Yeah, okay. But I also think this, someone made a good point in the chat. It scrolled away, so I don't remember who said this. So mm. I'm sorry. Uh, but 
This is like mild by Japanese standards. I mean, some There's of the no shit they like. Fucking these yeah, things. exactly. Yeah, it's true. just yeah, like it's a yeah. different culture in Japan. So anyway, who, who I knows have, what their next album? I will have be. been talking to Ladybeard, the Ladybeard, oh, no. and I'm working on an interview with him. Great. Oh, so this is like official talking, not like in a chat room or something. <laughs> Come on, this is Sid. not him <laughs> setting up a meeting with and, you at the and park. And I really hope that, <laughs> that to catch if, a lady if we are if we are going to have him as a guest, you guys will be a little more respectful. Oh, making, I did not making, disrespect him at all. We're not being, I'm not, I don't feel also, like I'm being I didn't say he's a pedophile. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, she, what is it? He. Okay, just check. They, he's a cross-dresser. He's not like the a the audience person. for it. Uh, but I, I think it's just like an easy knock to be like, oh, this is just for pedophiles. I don't yeah, think it's like, just for pedophiles. I don't I think the music. No, I don't think the music is made to attract pedophiles. Pedophiles I think, don't have a soundtrack. I think right? by nature of what Except it is, for kids crying, it attracts a lot of pedophiles. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. By anything with young Asian girls can okay. attract a pedophile. But there you go. If somebody likes this music, if somebody goes to one of these shows, I it's very unfair to just be like, oh, that guy's probably. I a agree. Pedophile. I don't think if you're at it. A lady, whatever it is, show. <laughs> lady baby. <laughs> lady Gaga. I don't think if you're at the show, you're automatically a pedophile, but I think. Right. If you touch, I think the if Venn diagram the is very. There's a big overlap on the Venn diagram. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Because they are sexualizing the girls in these two bands that we've talked about. They're very sexualized, you have to say. How, how would you say that? Because he wants to have sex with them. I absolutely do not want to have sex with them. I'm very happy. But how, how are they sexualizing the. The girls, though, they're, it's not like they're in revealing outfits or anything. They're in, like, dresses. I don't know. I feel like it's... Uh, well, you know what? I, let's not... Uh, I can't say that for a fact, so I'll retract that statement. But I do feel like... Um, I feel like putting a 15 and a 17-year-old in a prominent, uh, like, a band like that, in a way, is showcasing showcasing them to people who want to rape uh, tweens. Whoa! There's other ways. I'm sure... <laughs> the people that want to rape tweens will go elsewhere for that guy to... I, I agree, you know what but... I mean? They don't need... I, well, Where can they go, right. Rob? You have a list of websites you want to reel off? Disneyland. I don't have a list of websites, but I do know that that Tor browser... That that you get into the deep dark web is where you you find all of that stuff. What browser? Tor. It's like, have you heard of that uh, Silk Road, that drug community where you can yeah. buy drugs okay. online? T O R. So the only way to get to that website is you have to have this special secure secure in quotes browser called Tor that it? has the under no I don't Tor, 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 Tor. It's like the underbelly of the internet, and so on, on there, there like so there was this Reddit thread of like, what is the worst thing you saw uh on on the tour browser and i was reading through it and there was some crazy crazy stories a lot of it is just like oh what you would expect a lot of uh drug deals a lot of cp and then there's What's i CP? forgot oh child porn. i forgot what the there's like another cerebral palsy uh there's another cp that they use to it, it's not child it's like another phrase cerebral that palsy that porn. starts yeah. with cp <laughs> that's supposed to mean <laughs> child porn but anyway a lot of CP, well the worst is ccp What's... That's a child cerebral palsy point. Oh no! The that's, the, that's the that's CCPP. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Sorry. Uh, well, I'm not on tour. I don't know. But anyway, what so about CCPP, which it, is children with cheese puffs porn? <laughs> <laughs> that's if they right. have their clothes on, that's okay. And uh, but I know what they do with the cheese puffs. Oh, oh man! The thing that made me want to stop reading the thread, the most disgusting thing that I saw was this one guy was like, I kept looking like for research purposes. I wanted uh -huh. to find the most disgusting yeah. thing I could oh, find yeah, on there. Yeah. All right. And then so he found this paid cam site where you pay 
and you log in and then the the stream starts and there's a person there and then you watch the person get murdered. What? It's a campsite to pay, pay. I don't know. Like it's all in Bitcoin and you like pay to vote on how a person will get killed or something. All right, like time that. out. And it's like, so he was saying it was like yeah, okay. it was like a homeless bum and the, these like four people pull up and like kill right. them or something. I was going like to ask that. you, like, do the person know they're getting murdered? Like maybe it's people no. that are suicidal and stuff and no. volunteer for that. I mean, granted, it's it could web- be a lie. Yeah. Who's to know? I'm it's... not going to go on this browser and check it out. That seems <laughs> like a plot from like CSI Cyber or whatever. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Serious, like that. Ripped from the headlines, maybe. Yeah, well. They started a fire through the internet. <laughs> Dumbest trailer ever. Anyways. Anyway, before we keep going with the metal news and updates from the week, I want to take a minute to talk about Zamplebox. <gasps> Are you one of the millions of people that has quit smoking and switched to vaping? If so, listen up. Zamplebox is the original and leading e-juice of the month club for vapors, and you are going to love it. Every month, Zamplebox brings the vape store to you by sending you a delicious assortment of the best American-made vaping liquids. Better yet, your monthly Zample Box is built just for you and curated to meet your specific tastes. Oh, and guess what? Zample Box has the best prices in the entire vaping industry and will save you a ton of money. Zample Box memberships start at less than $1 a day and are guaranteed to save you 40 to 60% on e-juice every month. Yes, that's right. You're going to save at least 40% off retail. You really need to do yourself a favor and get yourself a Zample Box membership. I just signed up for some Zample Box, and I can't wait to get my first shipment. No, are you going to get some? Yeah, definitely. All right. Vape the best for less. Save 40 to 60% on the best e-juice every month. Go to ZampleBox.com and go to ZampleBox.com right now and become a ZampleBox member for less than $1 a day. Remember, it's like SampleBox, but with a Z instead of the S. Use a coupon code METALINJECTION for an additional 10% off if you join right now. That's ZampleBox.com with a Z and enter METALINJECTION for an additional 10% off when you join Zample Box today. Um, do you think that if Randy ordered his Zample Box before he got arrested, he wouldn't have had that issue in the when in the interrogation room where he ran out of cigarettes? Well, no, he had... because he started vaping after he was But she's in saying prison. if he had started before. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's then true. Then his whole prison sentence would have been so much easier to handle. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what he had to do for cigarettes? Yeah, in prison. but would they yeah. have let him bring a? No, vape? they just handed him out. He said in the book, everyone was so friendly Alex with their cigarettes. Book. Yeah, no, which, but I, saying, which I really wanted to. Uh, well, ask maybe him he would have made even more friends. By then, right. uh, would they have let him bring that with him into the prison? Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah. He said he had he had a personal items. He had like his book and pens and stuff. Right. It's uh, is a vape any more of a weapon than a pen? No, I and and like... with all those different flavors, just imagine how many f- different friends he would have made. It could also, like, you know, squirt the juice at somebody, too, if they come yeah. right like in the to, eye. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. Uh, Listen, you don't have to be in prison. Just stop fucking smoking already. And, and you know, this is a great way to get off smoking. And, like, you don't want to have this like, smelly-ass, you know, breath when you're on a nice little date with a, with a broad or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Unless she has the smelly-ass breath. Yeah. Well, just make sure that you go to ZampleBox.com and you yeah. have to use the coupon code Metal Injection for the additional 10% off. Example box. 
With a Z. With a Z. Um, So, Darren, you're wearing your Mets hat today, and I really wanted to talk about my experience yesterday going to the Mets game at City Field. I wanted to ask you, because I saw pictures of this. Yeah. So, it was really important for me to go, um, because you you guys, like, I just wanted to go and see, um, like, what goes on there, and... um, Baseball. And just have Have you ever been to City Field? I've never been to City Field. Not even for that uh, Yid thing that they did, the... uh... (laughs) No, you know what? I I missed it. There was a bunch of Jews that went to City Field once to and, protest uh, the internet. Yeah, <laughs> protest the using of the internet, and they filled the fucking place. Um. Yeah. So it was really nice. Um. We had seats right behind the dugout of the Diamondbacks. Uh huh. Um, and what? How did how did this occur that you were going to a game? Um. My brother's a big Mets fan, and mm-hmm. I wanted to go with my nephew. Oh. Um. And my friend Roland. Um wanted to hang out and we were talking about him going to a Mets game and um so we just decided to go I didn't think you would go I th- I assumed you got comped from like work or something and you went I would never think you would go to a sports event well it was I like a family thing, yeah, right? it was yeah it was a family thing oh, it was it's great I think and it's also awesome. I've been following this guy on Twitter called pig guy because he does this like bacon on a stick at Mets um at the Mets Stadium. I'm sorry, I keep uh, I, I don't City know if it's wrong or right City to call Field. it Mets sta- Stadium, but City Field. Whatever. Um so I so I really wanted to try it because at the whatever field. Yeah, yes. at the whatever field. And um um <laughs> Let's sorry. Try. So um you wanted to try the bacon on a I stick. I want to try the bacon on a stick. For and there God's were all, sake, and, woman. I'm sorry. I'm being distracted. There's stuff going on. And um, there's a lot of food vendors like Pat LaFrida. He mm. has like yeah. um, stands over there. Are steak sandwiches, steak meatball sandwiches. Yeah. So um, when I went to my guitar lesson earlier that day, I told my guitar teacher and his wife, because they're big Mets fans, I told them that I'm going to the game. And Joanne, his wife, goes, oh, wow, that's great, because Harvey's pitching. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? I don't Harvey. Know what, I don't know what that means. Sounds Harvey? like a nerd, Harvey. Yeah. So she told me that um, he, like, broke his arm or something, and um, sort of. this was it. his first game back. No. no. It's his first season. He had a whole oh, first... year off last year. I don't know what the sport jargon is. <laughs> I don't know so. what you kids do. Year, game, I don't know what that those words mean. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so... So then I went to the game, and um, Roland and I were waiting for, for my brother and his wife and nephew by the ticket office, and then all of a sudden, I see this guy on a scooter, and he's he looks really familiar to me, and I realized that it was that guy, Lou, who called <laughs> us, and I went to my Twitter to check, you know, just to compare his, like, uh, profile photo to make sure, and it was Lou. Lil <laughs> <laughs> so, Lou. Little Lou. Lil Lou. Lilu, Lilu. Well, I didn't. Like in the fifth element, right? So, so, yeah, and I wasn't sure if it was him, and he was using a scooter. So Roland started yelling, "Lilu, Lilu!" But he wouldn't turn around. And then I'm like, "Should I go?" And I was texting with you guys. I think it's him. I even snapped a photo of him. I'm like, "I think it's him." And you guys are like, "Yeah, it's him." Um. So, so I was like, "Okay, well, this might be my only chance to go say hello to him in person. I don't know if I'll ever, if I'll come back here." Um. So I went up to him and I said hello, and it turned out to be him. <laughs> We're the only show where we go approach our fans. <laughs> where we stalk our listeners. It's, it's not the fans that stalk the host. The host stalk the fans. Yeah. That's right. We're coming for you, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, so I think there was like um, like a a historic event for Matt Harvey because he like hit a home run or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was like his first home run. Mm-hmm. 
and I was there. But the only thing is that like I wasn't in my seat. I was like on the line for a steak sandwich. <laughs> That's fine. Those lines it still are long. count. Spend half the game on the lines for yeah, free. Yeah, seriously. The Shake Shack line. Oh my god. First, uh, first we were, we were on the the cheeseburger line, and then we went over to the steak sandwich line, and then we found Pig Guy NYC, and I got my bacon. Did, wait, did you get food at all of these, or why yeah. were you on so many different lines? Because did I you want to sample the food? Did you at any Jesus time Christ. see any of the game? No. <laughs> that was no. all food. So you had a cheeseburger and a steak sandwich and bacon on a stick. Roland had the steak sandwich. I had the bacon on a stick, and it was thick cut bacon. Who had the cheeseburger? Why were you? I had the che- cheeseburger. I had cheeseburger and fries. And bacon on a stick. And Jesus. bacon on a stick and ice cream. <laughs> and Where'd you man, get the ice cream from? Um, from the like one of the stands. No, you got to get the Shake Shack. The Do you know the custard. line for Shake Shack Worth was it. so long? They, they, have, there they, have, a cust- anyway, they have a custard yeah. line. They have a separate yeah. line for the custard. They didn't have custard there, and I didn't want custard. I wanted it's soft it's serve. ice cream, but thicker and better. It's delish. <laughs> but all right. Actually, also, yeah. custard line was Rob's nickname in college. Hey oh, in uh, college, yes. <laughs> his short his short time in college. My short five years in college. Yeah. Oh, but um, so I was thinking about that time that I went to see. Uh, Bruce Springsteen at that like small club and how like people like a few weeks ago you yeah were talking about it like it was years and how people paid a lot of money to go there and I was just kind of like there because I was invited yeah. by you, my you friends have, you experience all these awesome things that you couldn't care less about exactly yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. so <laughs> um, keep Lou, rubbing it in now. Lou said that you guys would probably be jealous that um, I was at the game and you weren't for I'm that I'm more jealous that run. you had a steak sandwich and met Lou <laughs> I saw nice. the home run on TV. That's fine. I could lie to people and say I was at the game. It's whatever. Yeah. Hey, Rob, did you know I was at the game where Matt Harvey hit his first home run? Wow. I was totally there. Isn't that cool yeah? for me? Were you having, what did you eat? Prove I didn't eat I anything. Don't I, I don't stayed, care about the game. Tell I me about stayed in my eat. seat the whole time and watched the game because I knew something special was going to happen, and then it did. By the way, uh, Noah dropped her Pat LaFrieda steak on Lou, and he's in uh, the, oh. he's in the uh, he's intensive care now. He's got second-degree burns yeah. on the top of his head. No, I just meant that it's so heavy. It crushed oh. him. <laughs> it's also very hot. It's hot meat. Okay. In that bun. <laughs> it's got some cheese and some caramelized onions. Lou would have come over mm. to Noah and, and said hello, but he, he couldn't see her from down there. It was too short. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lou was uh, tweeting at me. and um, Dick pics? No. <laughs> well, now they will be. You should ask for one. But Make he did have though. a nice photo of himself on his Twitter feed being really uh, proud of Matt Harvey. Okay. Cool. Shirtless? Uh, no, he was wearing a shirt. Man, come on, Lou. You got up And he had like, a, like this like gangster chain on. Really? What does that mean? You know, like the... The thick chain, that flavor flavor, like a clock. No, there was no clock uh, clock attached uh, attached to it, but um, <laughs> yeah, he, he looked chain. good. It was a gangster. I don't know chain. how that. I don't like how that sounds coming out of you. Why? Gangster. I don't know. Gangster. So don't like- it seems coded. It seems like code for something. All right. <laughs> He's not Chinese, Sid. Oh well. Maybe that's why Noah doesn't like Lady Baby. Too yeah. Asian. Oh, that's- yeah. But Lady Beard is not a uh, an Asian. That's not what she has the problem with. Oh, it's the other people. <laughs> no, I have a problem with Lady no, Beard. Honestly, I feel like the issue that Noah has with this and with some other like female metal bands, like she's being a female herself that's in metal, she's mm-hmm. like very hypersensitive of how other females in metal are perceived mm-hmm. and how that reflects on her and that's women true. who are into metal in general. Mm-hmm. So anytime it's a little over-sexualized, I think she's extra sensitive to that because mm-hmm. she feels like it's taking away the respect that she should have 
mm-hmm. since she does not do that, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, okay. See? absolutely. That's why you hate Metal Sanaz. <laughs> I don't hate her. I just think she's dumb. <laughs> That's all. Fair enough. I correct my statement. Yeah. So uh, I just heard Randy is in the building. Oh, yeah. And uh, we, we sent early. a gopher out to get him. It's early. Oh, that's we not have nice. A, we have a gopher? We don't have a gopher. That Did she get me a, a photographer? Did, she <laughs> she gave me a ask her nicely. Yeah, we have a photographer in the studio, and that's why I got tongue-tied when I was telling the and, and that, that's why you distracted. hear all those clicks. Can she get yeah. me some Chipotle? Mm. <laughs> I might Does be close by now. Chipotle? Does she know how to get to the lobby and back? <laughs> um, we'll find out. She's like the least experienced with this whole Yeah. Well, maybe Ash area. can go help her. We have our friend Ash also helping us here. <laughs> Hi, Ash. Thank you. Or, or slowly but surely, everyone will go missing from the studios. Yeah. And we'll just be like. Yeah, Rob, go follow Ash. Make sure Ash <laughs> finds his way back. It's been a few minutes since I farted, so if you guys want to step out, I could <laughs> refill the room. No, the room, <laughs> the room did get a lot warmer than from when we started. Mm, you're so. welcome. <laughs> It's a little chilly in here now. I have to do something about that. In honor of Lamb of God, Sid ate some lamb souvlaki Rob, hold my hand. last night. <laughs> I am not I holding that hand. I don't know where that hand's pull been. Pull all of my fingers. <laughs> Rob, that's the hand closest to you that you can see the best. You don't want to touch the other one. It's true. We did have barbecue last night, so it might, it might be that. Oh, yeah. Didn't you guys go to like a 90s dance party? Rob didn't join I didn't go that. to that. Oh. Well, I, Sid went. Yes. Oh, I went. There was no dancing, though. Did Amy dance? Behalf. No, we got we sat in the, like this VIP seating area, oh. which the VIP consisted of me going up to this big security guard and being like, uh, "I think I'm on the list," and him just moving aside and letting me in without asking my name or anything. <laughs> All right. <laughs> One thing I want to mention: Good to know. Sid is such a party pooper because I met yep. up with Sid and and his wife, and Sid and his wife arrived separately because his wife was at a bar the entire afternoon, and his wife- or a friend's, a co-worker's birthday. Yeah, yeah they doesn't want to give the impression that you're just sitting in a bar. No. Oh, yeah, she's not a lush or anything. <laughs> no. She's usually very sober. But on this particular occasion, she happened to be a bit tipsy. Oh. Ooh. And immediately- I don't think I've ever seen her. And, and so she was just being, like, silly and like and funny and everything, and so she's just like, could you just- not be drunk. You oh, just, I don't like it. I don't like. Sick. I don't like being around drunk people like, when I'm sober. I don't seconds, like it. Two seconds after seeing her, could hey, you just? Hey, can Rob. You about, like, if you just think, like, what uh, is the worst thing to say to a drunk kill. person? <laughs> Rob, could you do me a favor and try spending the first twenty years of your life living with an alcoholic and then tell me how you feel around drunk people? Yeah, Rob. Oh, okay. Thanks. Oh Boom. shit! Boom. Hey, got Sick bird. Oh. It, but so seriously. that's why you're such a douchebag? <laughs> with drunk well, people, definitely. yes. With drunk people, yes. But it wasn't like that. I a... just don't like it. If I feel like, I don't know, super uncomfortable. Mm. If I'm also drunk, then sure, but that almost never happens. Look who's here. Well, uh, Randy just arrived, so let's take a quick Rick. music break. Yes. And there's a theme to this music break, and I, let's see if people can figure it out. All hip-hop. And uh, it is not all hip-hop. It should be. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, um, we'll, we'll kick it off with some Lamb of God. Okay. Boo. All Lamb of God, <laughs> is that the theme? Yeah. Hey, man. What's
Chuck Blandington here, asking you to like us at Facebook.com and follow us on Twitter at MILiveCast for all the latest livecast news and dick pics. We'd post boob pics too, but Noah has a boyfriend, so you'll have to settle for pics of his dick. Hi, this is Dave Hill from Show Business. 
I had a great time on the Metal Injection livecast, which is like a podcast in its own way, but it's live. It's right there in the name. Don't be a fucking cunt about it. Why do you? Why do I have to explain this? I say cunt in the British way, like in the way that you would call another man a cunt. I'm not calling a woman a cunt. Uh, I wouldn't do that. Sean would. Listen and I'll kill you 
say, hey, hey, here I go now. Here I go into new days. Do you bury me when I'm gone? Do you teach me while I'm here? Just as soon as I belong. Then it's time I disappear. So that you can hear more of the Metal Injection live cast. And we are back. And we have a fifth person sitting in with us. You might know him from the band Lamb of God. <laughs> That's you, Randy. <laughs> You're the There's seven of us in here. Oh, well, the, oh. these two people are off. Get it air. right. The two people off air don't count for our, our list. Oh. Rob is not really good at counting. Uh, that's not good. <laughs> I'm Everyone sorry. counts. Don't, don't count. count. Oh. You're right, they count. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. oh God. What, what, what corner have I? Well, Randy, you're, fitting in. you're fitting in really well with the show, uh, with the show's theme of ganging up on Rob. Why so not? You're a regular, uh, you're a regular you live You were ganging up on me in the first hour. This isn't about you, Noah. Right, it's always <laughs> about you, Rob, isn't it? Uh, really quickly, the music break was Lamb of God with Ruin, Gojira with Adoration for None, A Life Once Lost with Vulture, and then Teenage Time Killers with Hung Out to Dry. Bunch of songs I ruined. <laughs> That's right. There are a bunch of songs with Randy doing uh, 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 guests, guest vocal spots. There wasn't on. a guest on Lamb I've, of God. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. Think. Yes. yes <laughs> I am a permanent guest oh. in that now, scurrilous Ra- organization. Uh, Randy, I don't know if you know this, but you have a new book coming out this Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> July 14th. It's called Dark Days. It uh, I do? Yeah. That's and a, I, and my first amazing. one, like, what did it feel like to get that shipment of book, like the bound, printed, finished copies of your book that you, you probably took forever to, to finish? Yes, it did take a long time to finish. Yeah. It, it felt really good, but it didn't feel like anything at all because I wasn't at home. Oh. I was in Europe, and, uh-huh. you know, and I actually, I think I posted about this. It was really cool for me because I've always wanted to write a book. I've always, and I've dreamed of like holding my first galley copy of a book, mm. you know, and it's like that magic moment, like, yes, I'm going to be published and then your first book. But I was in Europe. Mm-hmm. So my wife would be like, DiCapo sent you a box, my publisher here. And I'm like, open it. And she's like, but, but I'm like, open it, open it, <laughs> take a picture, send it to me. For me, it was really cool to like have her do that and like give her that experience. I'll never have the experience of opening my first box of books, but it was it was much cooler for me to give that to her because it shows her how much I care about her. Aww. That's oh, so sweet. That's so sweet. Yeah. That's how you show people you care about them. Give them some of your experiences. That's right. I like it. And how long did it take you to write the book? How long, like from starting it? We should tell people that this book, I mean, it's not like a little tiny flimsy book. It's a tiny memoir. Yeah, I mean. It would hurt if you hit someone in the head with a possible weapon. Right, a self-defense weapon. You're walking down a dark alley. Yeah. And reading uh, a book. Just hold up the picture of my face. Oh. <laughs> You're like, ah! No, you look very handsome here. Yeah. This is like before the dreadlocks. This before, before. Nice. Who, who who took this picture? Of I you? did. Oh, this is oh, this is a professional selfie. That's not. <laughs> I, I don't say selfie. Yeah. Self portrait. So Self- that's a self portrait. I took the photo on the on the cover, which is I, I didn't want my own photo on the cover of the book. Mm-hmm. I I hated that idea. How come? Yeah. Because there's enough photos of me out there already. I'm in a pretty well-known band. I don't, you know, I don't give a fuck about seeing another picture of me. And plus, I didn't write a book about 
like rock and roll and being right. Of course, it's a serious book. So, and you're also a photographer. Yes. So when I I, the the picture is, I I wanted a picture. They incorporated part of it. Um, It was a picture of the prison I was in, and I took that while I was waiting for trial. Mm -hmm. And I wanted just that. And you know, my my editor, he's like, "Look, dude, you know, this is your first book." And you are best known as being in a band, and it's gonna help sell. You know, he's like, "This is the way." And he, he kind of eventually like beat me down into it. I'm like, "Okay, I'll be reasonable," but I want to, you know, combine. So, I, you know, I was not anywhere near a professional photographer at that time to take a picture of me. And they're like, "I need a picture." The designer did, uh, Paul Brown, who did like you know Motley Crue, The Dirt. Uh, Marilyn Manson's book, uh, Nikki Six Heroin uh, Diaries. He's mm-hmm. Badal Design Labs. Pretty serious guy. Yeah. So he's like, see if you can, you know, somehow get me a picture of you, like a, a sort of selfie sort of thing. And I'm like, no, fuck that. I, I don't do don't selfies. Do I don't fuck that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's a crime that that word is entered into the Oxford <laughs> English Dictionary. Uh, you know? Completely agree. It's yeah. it's horrific, right? So. What I did is I put on some really far right-wing talk radio, and I set my camera up on a tripod with a clicker, and I set it and did a couple of test shots. And every, every time I've tried to take a self-portrait, if I'm doing it, like, I, I can't do it. My face is, like, unnatural. Yeah, right. exactly. you know? you're, you're too self-aware. I'm too self-aware. So I'm like, well, you know, this is kind of a, you know, not a very happy book, so I'll put on something that's pretty much a extreme Bizarre. bummer yeah. to me which is far right wing talk yeah. radio and i just started pressing the button on the on the the camera and i took like 400 pictures or something and at first i was still looking kind of weird you know i could tell i looked at the pictures but by the end it's like the clicker it was almost broken because i was so mad at these assholes <laughs> you need on the to radio. put out like a flip book of just all the photos i thought about that your it, brain slowly leaking out of your yeah ear by the, the end i just looked to. disgusted yeah. and i'd like totally forgotten that i was taking my own picture you know so they paul combined the two and if you look at the back of this book this this is a picture of the paparazzi. I took this myself about three minutes after I was pronounced not guilty. Wow. I set up a fisheye yeah. lens wow. and just walked out because these people were complete assholes. Th- that and, is one of my favorite photos. You have that in your uh, gallery opening, yeah. too, I saw, like yeah, without yeah. the text. And I, it was a very, very powerful photo. Yeah, I it's and, pretty claustrophobic feeling. So yeah, it, it looked pretty intimidating. It kind of worked on the, on, the, on the back of the book, so... The book design is cool. It feels like you're saying it's heavy. It's yes. slick on the yeah. back. It's rough on the front. It's a real book. Yeah. I like the uh, the type treatment. I thought it was <laughs> That's good, Rob's good, forte. good spacing on, it, it's on the It's important. Text. It's no, important yeah. to not fatigue your eyes if, yeah. you're, if you're reading. I thought it was a good, like, good font size. Like I'm not yeah. being facetious here. I, I'm being very sincere. But one thing, speaking of the design, I noticed you stylize Lamb of God in the book to be a separate font. And and typically lowercase unless it's I at the did. beginning of a sentence. Uh, I didn't stylize it to be a different font, did I? Oh, I it, it looks it looks well, a little different, or like it, a different size. It's just, maybe it's just Lamb of God um, with like lowercase letters. Lowercase. Oh, lowercase. Just guess lowercase. what? Look at our logo, dude. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that that was, that was just like a take on the logo. Okay. No. It's I, not, I, yeah. I mean that's yeah, that's it, a part it, of the way the... I've we've been writing that for what fifteen years okay. now. Since, yeah. 
No, you guys I, are all just E. Cummings fans, I assumed. I just, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. You know, that wasn't in, uh, on purpose. Here's some uh-huh. Lamb of God sort of trivia I don't think I've ever even discussed with my band or, or we've discussed. Like, that wasn't, that's the us writing all that lowercase, that wasn't some sort of decision we made. Mm-hmm. That's just the way Ken Adams, who did the logo, oh, that's, that's the way he did it. Yeah, That's and, his interpretation. And so that's what happened. And now our logo looks like every Middle Eastern restaurant takeout menu. Ever. Well, funny <laughs> you mention that. Due to papyrus, papyrus <laughs> font, which is absolutely fucking hideous. I hate our logo. But we didn't know at the time. Yeah, it was Not, before papyrus jumped the shark. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was before it became the new Comic Sans. It was, and yeah. now it's There's like- nothing wrong with Comic Sans. Take it easy. You know, it's it's it sucks, but like it is what it is. And yeah. I don't care. A band name, a book title, an album title, a song title, all that stuff, all that is just like rapping. Yeah. It's just like the, the meat of the matter is what matters to me. Yeah. Well, um let's go and and talk a little bit about the the book. Um so Rob started to touch upon this a little bit, but like um how, where do you even start? Like, how do you even begin to tell your story and the story that kind of set the book in motion? Where, well, in some ways, this book was like I think a lot easier to write than like a, a fiction book, mm-hmm. and in some ways, it was a lot harder to write than a fiction book for me because I've written a rough draft of a novel before, right? I have one of those. It's horrific. There's plot holes all through it. It's sitting in a drawer, like hopefully some kernel of a good idea is surviving somewhere in there. Otherwise it was an an exercise, you know, before I ever wrote this, but you know, I had to, that stuff came out of my mind. You know, I had to create that. The structure of this book is, was pretty much in place. It was pretty much handed to me. I knew it was going to happen because I lived it, you yeah. know. Um, and it's also very much in your own voice. Like when I was reading it, I, w- I felt like I was sitting right next to you like we are right now. I and think, you were yeah. telling your story. <clears throat> you know, I didn't, I didn't really try and uh, take a writerly voice. Mm-hmm too much you know because i think that's affected um i mean i didn't dumb it down too Mm -hmm. much you know i can talk to pretty much anyone um i think i think maybe it was a little bit easier for me uh to have my own voice my own writing voices because i use it all the time in real life you know i'm pretty much the same yeah, I'm consistent no matter what I'm doing, you know. Well, it's a part of your art. I mean, what you do for a living. Yeah. You tell stories. You write about your emotions. Yeah. So so, so it came easy to you? I mean, the like, I, I didn't have to work on a style, mm-hmm. I guess. You know, I have a friend. Uh, he actually, he wrote one of the blurbs for the book. His name is Kevin Powers, and he wrote this book called The Yellow Birds, which was... Um, you know, is a National Book Award finalist. He's a Guggenheim fellow now, really respected author. And he was kind of, he was the first guy I was sending bits of my book to because I needed like some sort of like, not validation, I guess, but some sort of like, you don't suck message from <laughs> someone that yeah. I, yeah, I like, respected, right. you know, yeah. as a writer, yeah. you know, and he's not in a band. He's not from our world. He's completely outside of it. Yeah. He's, I, I mean, he's outside of that world and he's like, dude, he's like, um, you are telling this in your voice, your voice is strong and you're 
putting the truth on on page and he goes and he goes when you engage with the truth you make the page your bitch he goes and you are engaging in the truth and it's in your voice so i was like okay cool man you know cool i'll roll with it so but I think it would be awkward for me. That's one reason why I don't think I could handle a co-writer or a ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have friends who who do books. I believe everybody's story has value, you know, and not not everybody can write a book. I'm sorry, you just fucking can't, Mm-mm. you know. Not everybody just can like do it. Just like not everyone can write a song or not everyone can I, sing I or can't, play guitar. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't. There's lots of things I can do. A lot mm-hmm. of people can't write a book. That doesn't mean their story isn't worth telling. So mm-hmm. there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with having someone help you. You know, as long as you credit that person and don't say, I am whoever the author. Fuck that. That's weak, yeah. you know. But for me, um, I it's my voice and it's my story. And I don't think there is another person alive who could tell that story other than me. Right. But where do you even begin? Well, it says. <laughs> I don't Page mean, one. I don't mean did, you says, did you write until it? Until the handcuffs snapped around my wrist, I thought I might be dreaming. <laughs> that's the first sentence. Yeah. And that's pretty easy. That's right. That's pretty easy to come to because it's like that's the, the, the structure of the book. The plot of the book is the story of my arrest, incarceration, and exoneration. Right? But it's also a story about you. Right. But this is that 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 that's the story of mm-hmm. the the plot. Yes. That's just a, a a vehicle to hang the theme on, you know, which to me is one of personal accountability, you know, and awakening. Um so the the plot it was really easy. Mhm. I mean, like it's like okay, get arrested. You know how you <laughs> go were saying, to jail. Did you, you know, write, did you have an outline of like yeah. how you wanted to? You know lay how you were saying book? that not everyone can write a book. Yeah. That's like I would never be able to do that because it's like I can barely even get my thoughts together right, right. now. And like when I talk, right? Uh, I didn't start with an outline mm-hmm. uh, as I kept writing. Though that's an interesting question, and and I think about this for my next book because ninety nine percent it's going to be. Fiction, I'm pretty sure, and I'm probably going to have to outline it. I don't want to, but I probably will. But this book, at first, it was very easy, no outline. It was just flowing, you know. But then as I got deeper into the book and it got longer and longer and longer, you know, well over twice what they wanted me to turn in at first, mm-hmm. the word count, I realized, okay, I need to look at my diaries. I need to look at the days. I need to look at the events because the story's going to end with me being arrested and me not being, you know, me being exonerated. Yeah. You know, basically that's those are the bookends. I got to get from A to B, and a lot of stuff happened in there. So I started for each chapter eventually about I guess midway through the book saying, okay, there's there's a lot of stories I didn't tell, like funny stuff from prison and stuff. But I'm like, okay, this is important. This is important. This is important. And I would put bullet bullet points for each chapter. You know, but I didn't have like a strict outline. You know, and uh, one thing you you talk about in the book when you talk about like first getting arrested, uh, like at first you kind of, it's kind of like a, like a, a goof. You kind of think like, oh, it was a passport issue, but then oh, yeah. once you once you realize the seriousness of the issue, there's a line in the book about how you're you're reminding yourself to to stay alert because this will make a good book someday. Mm-hmm. It- or, or, or something like that. Uh, and, and it's like, were you, 
I mean, obviously, you were going through like terrible, terrible. That's things. everyone's nightmare. Yeah, There's, there was a show about it, locked up abroad. You know, uh-huh. like like a friend of mine <laughs> in New Zealand asked me we were going to the beach not too long ago. She goes, "They have this show. I think maybe you you could see it locked up abroad." I'm like, "I've lived locked <laughs> yeah. up abroad. I don't need to watch the fucking show." Oh you know God. what I mean? She yeah. laughed, but but. Like, as far as, like, looking, there was this moment, and I talk about it in the beginning of the book, like, after I had figured out, okay, this was real. Yeah. I'm being arrested. I'm being charged with this. I'm in the airport, and there's all these dudes with masks and machine guns standing all around me, and I'm literally pinching myself, right? Because I've never actually done that. Is this real? Pinch yeah, myself. Yeah. This time I was like, is this real? I'm going to pinch in my fucking arm. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, fuck you know, yeah. wake up, wake up. Especially, this sucks. especially after like a long flight. Yeah. So, in the ass. so I'm, I'm like, well, okay, this is real. And I think at the same time I was thinking, you need to pay very close attention to every single thing happening around you right now because it's going to be important to your well-being and you need to not fuck up and say anything stupid. You need to watch what you say, how you act, all that stuff. It all became very like, whoosh, like very clear. Yeah. But at the same time, in my brain, my fucking crazy noodle, it's it. This is going to be an awesome book one day, <laughs> right? And then the other half of me was like, "Are you nuts?" It seemed like almost inappropriate. Yeah, like it's such a cynical view to be like, oh, I'll have a great book yeah, out of this shit. Yeah, shitty well, in like, a way, oh, it's a cynical view, but in a way, you're sort of giving yourself a light at the end of the tunnel. Well, like, you know, this is going to be horrible, it, it, it but went, at least. No, nah, it went, uh, that light went away. Oh. It went dim and died. Yeah. It, it was just this weird brain fart I had. <laughs> and it wasn't like I was sitting in prison, like, I'm going to get out and write a book. Yeah. But yeah. right from the beginning, it, like, bloom. It was like. Wham, you know, oh wow, this is a crazy story. You're gonna have to write about this. Yeah. You know, and there's other things in my life that, that have been like that. But, you know, um to, like just really weird, messed up situations or whatever that have been like you're gonna write about that one day. Yeah. But not so prolonged as this <laughs> yeah, was. Right, yeah, you know, this was this was yeah. uh, took a little while. I've certainly had moments like that where a sh- I have a shitty situation. I'm like, well, at least I have a story out of it. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Look on the I think, bright side of it. I think yeah. I'm kind of on that mode all the time now. Like it's kind of annoying with like okay, song lyrics. Writing a book now with photography, I'm constantly framing everything that I see. Everything. Right. Like I saw, like this guy, this dude, just really fucked up recently in Germany in front of a train station. It was heartbreaking. How he just looked like shit, dude. He was like Jägermeister bottles all around him. He was mm-hmm. all bloody and stuff. And like I'm walking over to check if he's okay, but like I'm like, man, that. Would look so cool from this angle. <laughs> right here, yeah. you're like framing the photo. I'm <laughs> fra- like constantly framing stuff. I'm like yeah. your artist mind is like on overdrive. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's because I'm sober now. I don't know. I was just gonna say that's like the one thing. You, that's yeah. how your mind drifts. How it keeps itself entertained since yeah. it doesn't have drugs to numb it. No. But also, know. I mean, in the beginning of the book, you talk about this constant theme of telling yourself. Stay calm, stay calm, be aware of what's going on around you, Mm. don't say too much. And do you think that um, just not, okay, I mean, you've you've spoken about your issue with alcohol. Mm, Big issue. Big issue. (laughs) And it's- Almost killed me. It's the beast that you have to subdue constantly. being able to subdue that beast and control your anger, do you think that that 
uh, um, allowed you to stay calm in that situation? I, I learned a huge amount from from being sober. A huge, like many, many sort of like survival skills that served me well in this situation. Yeah. You know, it was critically, it was critical to the way I handled things. If I was still drinking, I would have been completely fucked. It would have been a completely different story. It would have been a disaster, you know, because in drinking, like when I stopped drinking, I learned like not to think too much about a nebulous future, about something like if someone is struggling with drugs or alcohol, my and they want to stop, I would not tell them you have to quit drinking and drugging for the rest of your life. That's stupid. You can't think beyond the next five minutes, mm-hmm. you know? I would say, okay, let's try not to drink for the next five minutes, for the next hour, for the next day. Break it down into small increments and stay present in the moment and realize actually what is happening in this moment. Like, you aren't dying. You aren't going to die if you don't have a drink of alcohol. If you can do that for five minutes, unless you are dying and you had DTs, that, that is serious. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. uh, if you don't have DTs, you can make it through five minutes then you can make it through and tell yourself that again the next five minutes. And then before you know it, you've strung together all these five minutes and then you're sober for a while. So for me, when I got, I kind of learned a lot about a not going up in my head too much because I'll like either romanticize the past or, or be upset about the past or I'll be worried about the future or looking forward to something that may or may not happen. I got to stay right where I am right now. And that served me incredibly well in prison, incredibly well, you know, because if I started thinking, oh, my God, dude, I'm going to be in here five to ten years. And I wanted to murder my cellmate because all he did was whistle. You know, (laughs) I want to fucking strangle this guy after a while. Uh, Like if I had started thinking I'm going to be here for ten years, you know, that that wouldn't have done me any good. Right. And it kind of takes away from your appreciation of where you are and, hey, you know what? I still have my mind. I'm sane and there are still good things that I can focus on. Yeah. I, I laughed about things every single day when I was in prison. I made sure I laughed about like in something, even if about how shitty it was. <laughs> that's yeah. what Honestly, that's something that I found very endearing about the book because, I mean, it's a very shitty situation. You're talking about a lot of dark things. And then there'll just be like a paragraph of just pure comedy in there, you know, of just like, I can't help, like, it, that, that's so, like, just either how you describe your cellmate or, or, or that douchebag guard, like uh, Brad or... Bradley. Yeah, Bradley. Your description of Chimpo Weaselman oh, is one right. of my favorite paragraphs I've ever written in my enti- <laughs> read in my entire life. He was a hideous human <laughs> being. Oh, my God. And I've, the fact that you were able to remember in such detail, like, how much later you wrote that, that you remembered in such detail everything uh, about him? Man, it, it was hideous. There, there were Fantastic. characters. It's a very surreal situation I found myself in, you know. Very, and also not even being un- able to understand most of the people. Yeah, there. that must have been so what, crazy. Yeah, people are all like, you know, you go somewhere if you're paranoid. And I don't know if any of you have ever done any psychedelics. I have. <laughs> but <laughs> if you ever felt like people are looking at you, like, oh, and they all know, you yeah. know. When I went to prison and it felt like everybody was, oh, they're all looking at me. They were, you yeah. know. <laughs> they were. They were all like, oh, there goes that American rock star dude. Right. Everyone was looking at me. Everyone, like, and they it were seems like in a, the media. Yeah, too. like a total yeah. gossip central in that prison. How everyone knew you were the American rock star. Yeah, who, that's it. Who, like, uh, you know, w- w- 
whatever it was you're being tried for. Yeah, it was it was crazy, you know. So, like, I mean, it was weird, and like, and you were talking about the humor in the book, man. Some of that stuff is was just funny to me. It was so bad, it was funny. Yeah, you know, and I mean, that's. I don't know. I have low standards. I mean, but also, <laughs> there's just so little going on that it's like the, the this is the only thing that happened. How could you not laugh at it? Yeah, or, exactly, or man. I mean, what are you gonna do? Sit there and be mad and like, yeah, freak out or panic? Right. When was the last time something like stressful was going on or you had a problem and said, you said, help, give me some advice. And they said, OK, panic. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah, that's like if, if someone is uh, like in a rage or whatever, and you say calm down, it's not really what the guy would ever do. No. It's the should, wrong, yeah. From there, you should just sedate them. And also, I <laughs> mean, My wife hates when I do that. <laughs> calm down. Oh, my God. That makes you yeah. do it more. It's, yeah, but, I, st- uh, I don't stop, but I... Can we talk about uh, uh, your 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 cellmate, who, uh, I forget, who is it? Dorge? Dorge. 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 Yes. <laughs> what a character, and what a picture you paint of, of, of this he, Mongolian. He, he was like my Falstaff. He was very Shakespearean. <laughs> yeah, know? and and it's so interesting how, like, in your first day there, he takes to you, like, you mentioned that he was basically a mute outside of your, your prison cell, yeah. but he only really talked to you. He showed you his tiny rate. Like, why do you think he took to you and was so immediately nice to you? I think, baby blue eyes. I think, <laughs> I think because, I think because, A, he knew I probably couldn't really talk to anyone else either. Right, because you only speak English. Because I, I only really speak English, yeah. and I mean we were cellmates, and I mean I guess, I mean maybe he looked at me and he's like, oh fuck, man, maybe I better be nice to this guy. He's in here for killing someone. I don't know, you know. I don't know, you know. Yeah, I don't know, but you know we got along. We got along fine, and, and except for that, he started driving me crazy. <laughs> but he was George was a very pure person. Like, he was nothing but himself, you know. He was racist. Racist. He hated, like, all other Asian groups, especially Vietnamese people, he hated them. He hated Barack Obama. (laughs) He had a real hard-on for Barack Obama. Well, he didn't listen to the interview Barack Obama did with Mark Maron, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Because then he would know he's a pretty freaking cool dude. No, no. (laughs) Dude, he hated Barack. He, like, every time America would go, he's like, oh, oh, your president is a chimpanzee, you know. (laughs) So he hated him because he was black or politics? uh, Black. Black. Oh, wow. He know okay. he doesn't he doesn't know anything about politics, dude. <laughs> but this guy George, he's Mongolian. He his skin was darker than Barack's. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, you're blacker than my president. What is wrong with you? You know, yeah. you're like from like a yurt out in the middle of nowhere in Asia. What do you know about black people? Nothing. What the fuck is wrong with you, dude? But it was constant like. And he hated Vietnamese people, and then he hated people from different parts of Europe, and like it's very specific. He, like, basically, he hated everyone who wasn't Mongolian. <laughs> and you, he didn't and hate you. he did not hate me. He just he like just fucked with me yeah. incessantly. <laughs> Maybe he thought you were Mongolian somehow. Yeah. I, don't I, I don't know. <laughs> you look vaguely Mongolian. Uh, yeah, so- I, I'm so Asian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, uh, full disclosure: I, I have yet, I haven't finished the book yet. Uh, you I'm, suck. I'm we sorry. can't read it's, that it's fast. All, I only got it a week ago, and I really tried to get through as much as possible. I was waiting for the audio. Uh, uh, audio. Yeah. Uh, oh well, that was actually a question one of our one of our uh, fans a submitted. Of, a lot of people are asking about an audio book, and I want to do one. <clears throat> I have someone from the publisher over here. I hit my uh, 
I hit my editor up and I'm like, what is the fucking deal with an audio book? And we're just going to have to, I talked to Corey Taylor about this, mm-hmm. you know, we were in Europe. I'm like, did you do audio books? He's like, yes, but I just do it myself. And then I hand it to him and I say, okay, you're putting this out. Mm. Oh. And I, th- you know, I think that might be the way it has to go down because so, I'll just go to a studio, you know. So, so you would narrate it or, or would you hire, like who, who would you want to okay, hire? Okay. All right. Here's, there's a few different ways I could do this. Um, like the dream Mm -hmm. the dream if any if i could have any way i would like this book to be done is i would like the entire thing to be read by morgan freeman (laughs) who wouldn't i mean dude i used to think james l jones had the best voice in the world but morgan freeman (laughs) like he could just and i want him to play me in the movie i realized that the you know the age and the the whole the racial thing might confuse some people but who are they to say morgan freeman cannot play a 40 year old right. american heavy metal man his he's character an actor. his he's character a... in shawshank redemption was supposed to be a white guy yeah but they're well, like we're an not irish saying no to morgan guy. freeman right. yeah but anyway the dream would be to have morgan freeman read it cuz his voice is like it i mean it makes you think of just kindness of like well-being when you hear morgan morgan yeah. freeman's voice and sophistication just, and just yes just overall just like the world is good when you are in the the morgan freeman sphere you know what i mean yeah um, there were days some yeah. of them <laughs> but if i think if i can't get morgan freeman to do it then i'll do it myself well there are a lot of people listening. i'm not gonna hire some guy with perfect diction to read it like this <laughs> right and then i was in the president they pulled out a shank Yes, <laughs> and it was quite scary. No, fuck that. There was know? a Mongolian. There was a, black people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I'm gonna have to like, I'd, I'd read it in my voice. And people like, I get this on my Twitter all the time. People are like, not my Twitter, my Instagram. Instagram. They're like, I read the comments that you write in your Lamb of God screaming voice, and I'm like, why? Why would you do that? Yeah. I don't I don't use that voice ever yeah. except for when I'm on stage. Why would wouldn't it give you a headache? <laughs> or like a throat. Or sore ache. throat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what I was going to ask, though, is that like uh, up to the part where I read, everyone seems so free with their cigarettes. Everyone was just giving out cigarettes, and I was all, always under the the impression that cigarettes are expensive. That it's like, like yeah, it's like currency that people are, are very protective of their. Maybe that's an American their, thing. Their cigarettes, yeah. They well, they I mean, like it would depend on what part of the book you're in. Yes, I'm still like like. Up, up to like 250 or something. I haven't been moved into population yet. I'm oh, still yeah, yeah, yeah. You're still in the the whole, like whatever. Yeah, that yeah, in the, in the basement. Yeah, yeah, like people are, man, people in prison, like if you're a constant mooch, someone's going to be like, fuck you. you mm. know? But like there are people in there who shared things with me. I didn't have anything for like the first two weeks. I was in there. I couldn't get money on my books. Nothing. I had no cigarettes. No nothing. People would kick down stuff. They kick down coffee to me and stuff because they're like, "Man, this guy is fucked." We're gonna help him out a little bit, and I always, always, always got them back in spades because you know when I finally got money on my books and I finally was able to go to commissary and all that stuff, I had a lot. You you were only allowed to have X amount of money per week to spend, so you couldn't be like the big baller in prison. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you couldn't yeah. be like, "I own." <laughs> 300 cartons of cigarettes this is randy's fucking smoke emporium come on by 512 and get yeah. yourself some cigarettes it's not how it rolls but like i had more money than most of the people in there you know on my book so like it wasn't any big deal and cigarettes are cheap in the czech republic really cheap 
in prison. It's less yeah. taxes, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, they just, uh, you know. You said that was the only thing in the prison that that was at market price. That yeah, was, yeah. That, that that's the, that's the only thing in prison that was like market price was the cigarettes. Everything else was double in the prison store. Yeah, and the other cigarette thing that like really stayed with me and like, like was when you first got to the prison after being interrogated and all that and the guard gave you a cigarette how for like that one second everything went away and you were just in heaven yeah and that's when you realized you needed to quit like that's the- <laughs> when i really realized i gotta stop smoking yeah. and i quit smoking i quit smoking a few times during the writing of this book like, I'd like to do things a hard way. I like it says in the book I was on an antidepressant for a while. Like yeah. after I was sober for like I guess six months, my mind fell to pieces. You know, so I went on this antidepressant for a couple of years to try and rewire my shit, get the to serotonin kind of learn levels. to live again without all that. Well, right? I physically, I think my brain chemistry was so fucked up from having done so many drugs and drinking for 22 years right and that like i was a serotonin like a quart of it low you know so this drug like kick-started my brain's ability to like start producing it and then i went to prison and the the psychiatrist who prescribed me the drug said you probably may or may not need this the rest of your life i'm not sure we're just need to maybe fix some of your brain chemistry so i started to run out though when i went to prison and i was like i don't want to find out while I'm in prison that I need this stuff because I don't want to have, now I got to keep my mind straight. But during the course of the writing the book, I did go off of it and I'm fine without it. You know, um, I don't need it. And then I quit smoking during the writing of the book, uh, like three times. Right. And one time we had to go to Canada to play a show and it was like I hadn't smoked in 17 days and I was all isolated at my beach house writing and everything was good. I'm by the ocean and uh, I'm writing and being my nerdy self. And then I got to go play a Lamb of God show in Canada and we check into the hotel and it's like three o'clock in the morning and some fans saw which room I went in. So they're like, I can hear a banging on the door, like laughing and I'm like, fuck off. You know, it's three o'clock in the morning and I'm with the, like, I got to play tomorrow. I'm trying to sleep. I flew to Canada to do this for you. Leave me the fuck alone. And they kept on like fucking with me. And then I started making a pot of coffee and I was like, I'm going to open the door and I'm going to fucking break this pot of hot coffee over these kids fucking heads the next time they do it. And I was like, you're going to go back to prison in Canada. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm going to go get a pack of cigarettes. (laughs) Right. So I walked and got some cigarettes and smoked and then I smoked and... And then I quit smoking on tour, finally. In the same city I quit drinking in, Brisbane. I quit smoking on tour a little over four months ago. And I'm still working on the e-cigarettes. Good job. Well, like you were saying before, one step at a time. Yeah. Just focus on the moment that you're in now and not think about how you're going to do a month down the road. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the e-cigarettes have helped me out a lot. And, you know, it's they can't be as bad as, as fucking real cigarettes. So... I mean, they just can't. So, like, hopefully I'll, like, taper down on those soon. Yeah. And then all I'll have left is coffee 
which you will pry from me. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not garbage. giving up coffee. No I way. Never. Yeah, I, I don't I, care I, how, like how bad it is. I mean, it can, it'll, it'll just kill me. If it's, if it turns out to be like cancerous and kill me and all that care. stuff, that's fine. Right, just kill so me. Life <laughs> is not worth <laughs> living without coffee. coffee. Uh, let's talk about this beach house. So you rented a, a beach house to write your book. Yeah. Uh, were you completely isolated? Was there anyone there with you? Or was My just, cat. Just you and your cat. My cat and some local people I knew. Okay. Uh, so, like, my question, though, is, like, you have the beach right there. You love to surf. Yeah. It's it, it's probably, like, really nice out. Like, uh, how do you avoid procrastination? Like, I have to write this book. Like, how do you, how do you, did you have a schedule? <sighs> my schedule, I wrote this book by the rhythm of the tides in the end. Mm-hmm. Because at first, I was like, okay. I'm going to get up. I I discovered overall that when I'm writing, seriously, I do better if I write early in the day. I never, ever thought that would be the truth. That's not true for lyrics. I write lyrics better at night because that's scummy rock and roll time, right? (laughs) Right, right. But this is a book. It's a serious book, you know, and it takes its concerted creative effort and you have to be focused. So I discovered it works better if I wake up before the whole rest of the day gets into my head. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, then I can let it out. But I had to do it depending on the tides because the waves, dude. <laughs> yeah, you want to go out surfing. You if, don't I, wanna... if I, if I, if there's good waves and I'm sitting there like this, I'm not going to write well. Yeah. But if I get up and go surfing and it like it, it kicks off. It's a, it, can you surf? No, but I, I, I like just from bodyboarding, I can un, like vaguely understand. The, it's unreal, the, uh, amazing. Dude. It's that. unreal, yeah. and it resets my brain so I could sit down and write. So, but like I never, like I, I wouldn't write if I didn't if I wasn't writing by like noon, then I'm fucked for that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe I should get into some surfing because I do love the water. I feel very connected to the the water. I thought you were gonna say on. maybe you should wake up before noon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, do that. I do, I do, I do that. Okay. I do that. Come on, I would there's, pay good money. There's good surf here. I haven't been yet. But oh, like, in Coney uh, Island, uh, uh, Rockaway. Oh, Rockaway. Yeah. Rockaway. Oh, yeah. there's, Coney Island. There's... there's just bandages in nope. the water. Yeah. No, I, I like Coney Island. Me and my friend AC Slade went shooting photos there after a. Coney a Island's fun if you don't go in the water. I think yeah. the water is what's disgusting. I, I heard, Rock, I heard Rockaway. There's good surf. Yeah, yeah it's a nice beach. I don't know if I've heard it described as nice, but I heard there's good <laughs> surf. <laughs> heard there's good surf there. We can hit your ride there. Uh, so <laughs> that's a different band. <laughs> I wanted to, uh, so during the week we had uh, some fan submissions through voicemail. We have some. Why did you change your name from Burn the Priest to Lamb of God? Uh, we got, we, we, we got, to weed we those those screened out. it. We got rid of all of those questions. What are your influences? Uh, <laughs> Wait, let's surprise Randy. Actually, we didn't get any of those. People were mostly civilized. Well, we did get. I yeah. just, I just deleted them before you. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, she didn't <laughs> you get those. But, uh, no, these are some good questions. So let's start with a longtime live cast listener, El Duterino. El Hey, Randy. Really excited that you're on the show. I've been a big fan of Lamb of God for years, especially of your lyrics. So when I found out your writing was going into a book, I Amazon primed that shit as soon as I could. I guess one of my questions would be to clear up a rumor. Sometimes I'll see a conversation happening in the comments on YouTube. Wow, these band's lyrics are so good. And then someone will say, yeah, in college, Randy was an English major. So I wanted to know if that was true. And my follow-up would be, who are some of your favorite authors? Um, 
I'm still in college. I, I like I never graduated. I have mm-hmm. like I was in college for like eight years on and off in between yeah. getting drunk at restaurant jobs. <laughs> uh, I was an English major. Um, and the reason why I stopped college is because I took all the classes that I wanted to take. And then I had the, the ones you have to take. Exactly uh, the same yeah, reason I thought that. Me too. Yeah. And me I too. said, no, no, I don't care about this. Yeah, I don't need chemistry. I've you done know, chemistry. I've math, done I was, yeah. you know, I was a drug dealer at one time. I knew how to break up, <laughs> you know, ounces and grams and stuff. I, that was all the math I needed, yeah. you know. And then, I, you know, after I went through all my literature courses and other stuff, I was just like, no, screw this. I'm done. So, um. Yes, uh, but however, um, that really had nothing to do with my lyric writing, going to college for English. You know, if you want to be a writer, write. Yeah. That's that's how you do it. What about any authors? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot, you know. um, Like, currently, recently, uh, you know, as far as, like, you know, classic stuff. Uh, I'm a big, huge Hemingway fan. I don't write like him. I wish I could. He's very tense and manly and short and sturdy. Like he redefined American prose, you know, but, um, I'm much more descriptive and a lot more long winded, uh, a popular, I don't know if it's, if he's what I'd say popular. He sold a lot of books, but a writer, I really, really like reading just for enjoyment. There's a guy named Pat Conroy. He wrote, the Prince of Tides and the Beach Music and Lords of Discipline and all these books that were made into terrible movies, <laughs> but the books were fucking awesome. Um, and I just sent him a copy uh, of my book because his grandson, it turns out, is a Lamb of God fan. Awesome. So, so I sent this letter to Pat Conroy saying, with the book saying, you know, you'll probably never read this, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you, yes, here you go. You know, I enjoy him. I enjoy a writer. I just for fun. I've been reading uh, John Ronson stuff. Have you Mm. read the psychopath test? So good. That's fucking hilarious. The psychopath. And it's also very like disturbing. Yeah. You know, he breaks down a lot of stuff. Um, let's see what else. Have you Uh, read his new book? Uh, so yes. you've been publicly shamed? Yeah, I w- it wasn't my favorite. Although I did get a great band name out of that book, and I'm not telling you what it is. <laughs> great band name. You have to reread and I've already, I've already bought, my wife is already buying the web domain name. <laughs> That's so, awesome. So fuck you people. You don't, <laughs> you don't even have the project yet, but you have no, the No, I have, name. I have, yeah, it's, I read this and I'm like, that is a badass band name. <laughs> <laughs> Lifted it and did a Google search to make sure no one else has it. Um, no, the psychopath test was so funny, you know, and so horrifying at the same time. Um, you know, uh, William William S. Gibson, his latest books have been amazing. He stopped writing speculative f- uh, fiction because he really couldn't. He said technology was progressing so rapidly he couldn't really tell what was going to happen yet. You know mm-hmm. who William Gibson is? He wrote Neuromancer. Oh, okay, he invented yeah. the word uh, cyberspace, basically. I believe it was either that or something like that. Um, it was attributed to him. He's Cyberpunk was the mm-hmm. sort of genre they... But he... like uh, Most of the books he was writing, a lot of it has become true. You know? Uh, so it was kind of predictive. And then now he was, he's super, super intelligent, man. He was saying that the way technology is advancing so rapidly, he can't 
accurately predict. So he wrote a, a book called Pattern Recognition and um, another one called Spook Country and one other, I can't remember what it is. But these are, they take place in modern times and all the stuff in them, the technology and the things that happen are feasible and real, but it still reads like science fiction. Mm-hmm. Like he's this guy who's so smart that he can, he sees like science fiction things in reality. It's, it's really hard to describe like, like how, that how sounds, he I'm like really fascinated with like futurology and like predicting the not so distant future. Like right. what five or 10 years from now? Well, you know, like popular young adult fiction, uh, right now is very, um, apocalyptic. Yeah. You know, the hunger games and, and, and the maze runners and all this stuff. And there's a million of these, like these teenagers are saving the world from like this dystopian (laughs) future type thing. And they're like these lone individualists in this sea of clones. And, you know, I'm wondering what that says about society right now. You know, like why all this, I mean, besides the fact that shit like Mad Max rules, you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. that's not what they're reading. They're reading right. like the twilight of Mad Max, you yeah. know? And I think it says something about the national psyche, at least that of the youth, what's appealing to them. Huh. So that's something I've been very interested in. And my my uh, literary agent actually approached me about writing a young adult book. He's like, you know, it's lucrative. And I've always wanted to write one. But I'm... You know, I and I've always been actually a fan of stuff that's popular right now, this post post apocalyptic dystopian future stuff. Before it was popular, but I wanna figure out why. Why is this so big right now? And why do these kids identify with this so much? Hmm. It's scary. Have you read uh, the Hunger Games or, or the? Maze I tried to. It's, it's just like I've read. I watched some of the movies on like an airplane. Yeah, I tried to. I mean, the books were good. I like them. They're okay. They're garbage though. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> it's yeah. fluff. It's not like yeah, yeah it's disposable. Uh, I mean, yeah. it was it was adventurous. I I liked it. And it wasn't. Have you, if you want to read like um, there's a, a new knife, a uh, new book knife, a new book called The Water Knife by Paolo. His last name is really hard to, to say. Paolo Balicciapi. Someone look it up. The Water Knife. He wrote he wrote an, another book called The Wind Up Girl, okay. which was awesome. It takes place in the future in Thailand. Like, but this this new book, uh, The Water Knife, is about there's a drought in the Southwest and like Arizona. And Nevada and California are all in like this sort of, uh, I guess, much like the way things are actually heading. Corporations have taken control over basically the government. There's still a federal government, and there's still states, but they're run by it's run by corporations. And so now that these corporations are sort of like fighting over water rights to the Colorado River, and it's getting really ugly. Ugly, and there's refugees from like Texas because Texas is a dust bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm reading this stuff, and I'm not sure if it's true or not, but it kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, like, water's uh, the next frontier, like, for oil companies and stuff like that. Yeah, but he's talking about, like, how the way the Midwest is now, like Indiana and all these other places. Like, it's not supposed to be that green, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of it. A lot of it is irrigation. Mm-hmm. Like, Texas, you know. And, mm-hmm. like... uh I don't know that for certain, but I he's kind of worked that into the book, and it's making me think. And you think about like the depression, 
like when everything was the great dust bowl and all that stuff. And we didn't have irrigation like that. And I'm thinking, well, you know, what if they pump all the water out, you know, and then that happens, Yeah, you know, it's, and there is a water shortage around the world in a lot of places. So, but it's called the water knife. To, I mean, I can go I found, off. I found he, he gets asked how much his name gets pronounced so much that he recorded himself. Okay, how does, how, how does he My say? name's Paolo Pachigalupi. It's an Italian name, actually. Oh, Pachigalupi. I always thought that it... Pachigalupi. Yeah, that's a thing. That's like a thing that uh, Italians say to each other. I didn't oh, know that it was also a name, but it's like, oh, you're a you're a Pachigalupi. It's a term of endearment. Pachigalupi. Yeah. Paolo, Paolo Pachigalupi. His, his first book, it's The Wind-Up Girl, I think. Uh, and the new one's a water knife, but the wind-up girl was intense. It takes. I read that when we were going to Thailand, and it's like all this. It's about genetically modified stuff. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, I like. I like, like pondering the future. Yeah. Uh, okay, we have another question. This one's from Forrest. Hey, Forrest. <laughs> Hi, Randy. My question for you is. I want to know what your perception or what your view of Prague was before you were incarcerated and how it changed and altered and how you saw Prague after you uh, left the prison uh, and how the whole experience overall changed your perception and mindset. I know it's sort of a general broad question. Yes, it is. <laughs> I guess just underpin a few few points there. That'd be great. So thank you. That was good. That's a good question, except for the how the whole thing is changing perception. That's a that's a little bit too broad. Yeah. You know, how is your life? What would explain <laughs> your life? You yeah. know, no. But the, the first part of that question was really, uh, I think it's an astute question. What was my perception of Prague before, during and after? And my perception of Prague before, I, I you know, I don't know. A lot of people, when I talk about Prague in the Czech Republic, a lot of people to this day still say, you were in Czechoslovakia. no. Was in the Czech Republic, um, and I've learned quite a bit about the history of the Czech Republic. It stopped being Czechoslovakia in 1989 because it was a communist country under the Warsaw Pact. You know, they came and invaded in '68, I believe, when the Communist Party there fell out of power. So, um, my perception of Prague, I have friends who moved there shortly after 1989 because it was very cheap it was wide open you know it was a newly free country and there was a lot of expatriates that moved there in our community and i have a friend named micah who moved there and my perception of of that before going there was is like it's cheap that's true comparatively uh it's a beautiful city because i was told that's very, very true. And then there's a whole lot of really beautiful women there. And that is also <laughs> extremely true. There are some slamming women in, in the Czech Republic. Um, but, like, basically in my mind, I think before I, I went to Prague, I had this view of it as uh, sort of a recently... Uh, non-communist country it's sort of like a, a, a recently former eastern Bloc country because i've been to a lot of these places you know and i'm correct in a way uh there's still a bit of a hangover from the communist era you know i talked to a lot of people while i was there about what it was like and you know and i saw a lot of pictures just going back to the 80s everything was gray 
Prague right now mm-hmm. is painted beautifully. Like the houses, everything's clean and nice in there. You know, I taught the people and they're like in 89, everything was gray. You go to the grocery store because on that day you could buy soap. Mm-hmm. That's it. Maybe yeah. the next day they'd have potatoes. You know, it's like a real serious place. So to me, my, my perception of Prague before I went was like, it's kind of like this wide open, uh, sort of place that I knew expatriates who'd went, you know, because the cost of living was low and there's a long history there. And of course it's at a perception and I believe this is true of Prague is kind of like a dark place. This is because entirely because of Franz Kafka reading his (laughs) work, which is just freaking weird. You know, if you read the metamorphosis or you read the trial, which I read in prison (laughs) because my lawyer gave it to me. He's like, here's the book you need. You need the trial. I'm like, he wrote this like, like a mile away from here. And it's like the the guy in the trial dies at the end, and he doesn't (laughs) know what he's been charged with. You know, it's horrible. And I'm like, I'm like Jeff, my lawyer. I'm like, I'm gonna kill you. (laughs) You you brought me the worst book ever. But he's smart. The book helped me. Um, But there's like this weird dark heaviness there. I think like if if you look for it. You know, probably due to a lot of the history. Um, Then, you know, uh, after the whole ordeal, while I was waiting for my trial, man, I was there for really one of the worst reasons a person can be in a foreign country. You know, Uh, you're there charged with killing a citizen of that country. Um, And I, you know, I, I make it clear in the book, no one mistreated me there. You know, when I went back while I was there, I didn't know what it was going to be like because, you know, I'm a news headline there. When I land there and I'm walking down the street, I don't know what people are going to do, you know, but I'm not hiding, you know, fuck that. I'm going to live my life the best that I can. But I was nervous. Um, I went out a lot. I did a lot of exploring. I know a lot of neighborhoods in Prague now um, and they're gorgeous and Really, I took a whole lot of photos while I was there, and I learned a lot about the history of of the Czech Republic while I was there. And I really fell in love with the city. It's unbelievable. It's a magic place. During your trial, this was? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was there for a month before trial started, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I spent a lot of time exploring you know, and seeing a lot of really cool things there. There's like the craziest cemetery in on the face of the planet Earth is in Prague. And it's the the old new Jewish cemetery or the old Jewish cemetery behind the old new synagogue. And it's like I took a picture of it. It was in my exhibit. There's like 12 layers of graves deep, like stories of graves that go down because they kept on burying people one on top of the other. And there's something like 40,000 tombstones visible above the ground, and they're all just falling over. It's it's crazy looking. It's crazy. It's the most crowded graveyard I've ever seen in my life. That's really cool. The Charles Bridge is really cool. Looming over everything all the time is, is, you know, Prague Castle. It's like just a very opulent, gothic-looking city. You know, when we landed there to go back for trial, we were driving through these alleyways and stuff. And my lawyer, he's like, Jesus, feels like we're in a James Bond movie or something, <laughs> you know, driving in this car to the like our, our place. And it looks like that. It's awesome. You know, and if you drink, they have the best beer in the world. So. So you've heard. <laughs> oh, I've drank in Prague before. Okay. Like, like not recently. Okay. Like I've had a I've, not in Prague, but I've had plenty of Czech beer. Right. You know, um, I mean. 
Pilsner or Cal? Is that true? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I've that's only had the imports. So I, I can only imagine. Budweiser. Uh, Boudoir. But it's it's a different Budweiser, though, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the, the original. That's, yeah. That's Czech. But, um, but uh, no, my, my perception of the Czech Republic is that it's, a, you know, it's still, it's a country that is still sort of finding its way. Mm-hmm. Um because they've undergone so much repression over the years from the Nazis, from the Catholic Church, from the Warsaw Pact forces, just goes on and on and on and on and on and on for like a thousand years, you know? And now they've kind of become, they've become their own country within the EU and they, you know, um, there's some problems with their system, but there's a lot of really cool things there. They have a very rich intellectual history uh, very rich artistic history in Prague, and I really fell in love with the city. I won't go back there for a long, long time. <laughs> that was going to be my next question: Would Lamb of God ever no, play? No, dude, and not because, not because we don't want to play for the Czech fans or anything. But if we showed up and played in Prague, it would be huge news through the Czech Republic, mm-hmm. and it you know you just fam- don't want the publicity. The family of this young man is seen. It would just bring up so many bad memories, you know, yeah. not for not for me. Like, it, it'd be OK. Like, I'm not I don't think someone in Prague is out to get me or whatever. Everybody was cool, you know, but like, you know, they the family just needs to heal and, you know, leave them be. You yeah. Know? They don't need to see Lamb of God. And we've had Czech fans travel to neighboring countries. You know, I've seen uh, fans in Germany. Uh, a couple other places, you know, it's surrounded by like four or five countries. The Czech yeah. Republic is. So uh, no, no, we never play there again. No. Speaking of publicity, though, uh, as someone who covered the trial, it mm-hmm. was it was really hard to like really gauge what was going on, just because you know the, the Google only, Translate. The, that was the only way to really cover it was just to look at the the Czech coverage, which felt a, a bit skewed you know yeah it depended on what you were getting yeah like it felt not necessarily uh like unbiased it felt a little biased against you and so kind of uh d- using the Google a little sh- <laughs> depends on what paper you got <laughs> right and, you know uh well like some of the more tab i feel like yeah, it was ta- almost the, like the tabloids were the yeah. only ones really the writing no- about the number one selling paper in the czech republic is a paper called blesk yeah, that oh, is, yeah. It yeah, is the equivalent yeah. of the National Enquirer, and it is the number one selling paper by far. And everybody claims I don't read that garbage, <laughs> but it sells millions of copies. Yeah. Everyone reads it. I don't understand why, because they're an educated people. The checks are not a dull lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't imagine like, you know, a whole country reading like the Weekly World News. Like, what the fuck, you know? Maybe it's the titty shots they have, maybe, you know? <laughs> or maybe it's just cheap or free. I don't know. Yeah. Or it's, it's just like the most distributed. It's no. not cheap or free. But, but my it's question, garbage. like, did you look at the, did you read, like, once you got out, did you check out what was being said about you? Or, like, like what was your reaction to the coverage of the of the, the By the things? foreign media? Uh, more like more so by the U.S. like the U.S. Metal coverage injection. of the yeah <laughs> Rob's own website. He just wants no. to know what you thought of his writing. Yeah, no, did no, you no, like no. It? I mean, like, <laughs> how did you feel about the media percent, like the way the media skewed the story? Like, you obviously knew what was really happening to then, a degree, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's true. Like, you were right, but like when you when like when the story first came out 
uh, as someone who covered it. You know, it was kind of like, oh, Randy's arrested. Apparently he, you know, like pushed some guy off a stage. Nobody knows what's really going on. And, and then it was like two days later, there was a photo of you in a court wearing your obituary hoodie. Uh, uh, and, and it's like, okay, he- Homage skate shop from Brooklyn t-shirt yeah. that says no mercy. <laughs> Shout out to Homage. I could only imagine how like weirded out everyone in the court must have been by you. Just like looking your disheveled self at that point. Oh, that it looked shower. terrible. Yeah. And, and and then so then they they the whole thing with the bail and how they doubled it like it like as someone covering it, just not understanding the Czech laws like how is this legal like what is going on, right? Uh, and then even later to the trial like hearing what was going on with the trial and how like for the longest time there was that one clip of how like there was some guy stage diving and you kind of like push him along his way or whatever and it was like oh that's that's it but then it turned out to be a completely separate guy who came forward yeah that guy from the clip came and testified on my behalf at the yeah. Trial. yeah did you talk to that guy after or at all I, yeah i talked to him afterwards i just saw him i said thank you yeah he showed up he was the only person really in that trial mm-hmm. who besides myself who took any accountability for his actions yeah he showed up and he was like I was fucked up. I kept on getting on stage. He didn't hit me. He didn't choke me. His actions were entirely appropriate. And he was, you know, this had, he had grown, he was a drunk kid at a show, but he showed up like he, he called the police and told them, no, 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 no. That person in the picture, that's me. I'm alive. Wow. He called and set the story straight and he showed up. He was a grown man about it, you know? So, you know, I, there was a break in between uh, testimonies and he was walking out and I was walking out to smoke a cigarette and I just looked at him. I said, thank you, man. Yeah. And he said, good luck. I turned around and walked away. He's a good dude. Good dude. You know. Right. But so like what, what I was trying to get at is like there were a lot of inaccuracies. Tons. In the, in the reporting. After a while, I stopped looking at the media. Yeah. Because it was just like, oh my fucking God. You know? <laughs> yeah. And like there, there's like. You know, there's another website that did a, a pretty good kind of like armchair detective amount of coverage. That was the Gauntlet, mm-hmm. I believe. You know, they were really looking at like what footage they could find and photos and like really zooming in and being like examining what yeah. they could. And Old applying, message board threads. Applying some critical thought to the situation mm-hmm. instead of just being like, he's innocent or I hope he gets raped in prison. You know, mm-hmm. there's the two camps, basically. Yeah. You know, th- these people seemed like they were actually thinking, you know, which I appreciate. It was really, like, looking at all that stuff, you know, I mean, I knew when I got out of prison, I was, A, I was overwhelmed by the amount of support I felt from everyone. Thank you, everyone, you know, mm-hmm. that's listening. Everyone, you know, that they gave a shit. Um, uh like that was really overwhelming to me because yeah. you know my drummer and my guitar player mark wrote me like a letter everybody's like got your back my wife would tell me that when i saw her like once. 90 seconds oh sorry about <laughs> terminate terminate is that your wife <laughs> shut up brandy get home no no she knows i'm gone for a while um no it was really overwhelming and people told me you know they're like there's a lot of support I, yeah. I had no idea I'm in prison. I don't have yeah. any internet, no English newspaper, nothing, you know? Um, so that was really overwhelming. And then when I look, I started looking at 
all these i'm like okay what's the perception here you know? yeah because i was curious and then i was just like this is garbage <laughs> you know because yeah. there's just so much stuff that there's still just so much the, the hive mind dude is yeah. vast and it's and so it, hard to change it like once the hive mind makes up its mind it yeah. almost becomes the truth like this like the the fact that the truth is the truth is no longer the truth yeah, the truth is what the hive mind says yes it is in the google sphere but yeah you know there's a simple solution to that don't look at the internet <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what i did that, after a while yeah i had to worry about myself you know and and deal with what i know to be the truth and the reality of the situation you know, there are companies, though, interestingly enough, I found out about them recently. There are companies, I believe they're known as uh, Reputation Management. That's in the uh, the new John Ronson book. Yeah, there's he one of those. Well. I heard a couple yeah. of podcasts about this guy where people will do this, like, uh, what do they call it? Reputation Engineering or yeah. whatever, where they do all these insane posts to like change your Google search thing. So they create, oh, like, like Google Instagram. bombing basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's like on a massive scale. Right, right. You know, so like, you know, you could, I mean, it'd be hard, but you could be, have done some pretty horrific things and then they'll hire heard. these people. No, but in the, in the, uh, so you've been publicly changed. Mm -hmm. The guy that I really liked was the fucking, was it the British guy who was in the Nazi sex yes. orgy and it got like all out of hand. And, and he, he just, just didn't care. He's, he's like, like fuck it. I don't give a yeah. fuck. It's kinky. Yeah. And I'm like, right <laughs> on, dude. You know? he only didn't fuck get, yeah. yeah. He and he was wasn't the... even wearing Nazi uniforms. No. And of course it blew out into like this yeah. thing. But well, the British tabloids are. Yeah. Among the worst. Yes, of course. Yes, they are. They're the ones that got the photos, right? Yeah. yeah. But he just didn't. He's like, he doesn't give a fuck. I'm kinky. All right. Yeah. And that's kind of like where I'm like heading with mm -hmm. my life these days. It's like, yeah. I don't fucking care. I can see why you like the beach house. Yeah. I, I just don't fucking care. I don't care. I don't care. Your opinion of me doesn't change my life right now i got right. bad news for you it just doesn't it just and it has doesn't. no effect on your your finances or anything no like no, no. and if you leave me a rude comment or something on my instagram my instagram is incredibly i talked to jamie josta about this he's like instagram is the worst blah 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 and like people are like the worst to me on there so like twitter i don't get that i'm like oh that's why i had to leave twitter and he's i'm like my instagram is like for the most part awesome you know and he's like, but your Instagram is like high society. There's yeah. like, there's like yeah. art on it and stuff. I'm like, yeah. yes, I don't put up a picture of dinner most of the time. You yeah. know? But like if somebody's a dick to me on, on social media because like because the only one I have is Instagram, really, yeah. I just erase it. No second chances and block them. Yeah. Like, bye. And that solves the problem. I don't think about you ever again. You're gone. You don't exist. You were a digital fart in the binary soup, and now you've been erased from me. Yeah. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But if you sit in there and live in that, like you were saying when I came back, I looked at all this stuff. I started looking at all these reports on the computer, and like they were saying this and that, and I'm like, that's not true. That's not true. And I'm like, ah, I started getting over on. Yeah. I'm like, I just turn it off, man. Just don't look at it. Right. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's, what is it doing? It's nothing. Well, you know? for people who want the full story, that's all right here in the book in Dark Days. Yeah, and I'm very honest. And there's also a documentary like uh, As the Palaces Burn mm -hmm. that is a little bit, I think, has a little bit, there's a little bit more, 
attention put on the court case because I didn't want to write a legal thriller. I'm not John Grisham, you know, and the fact of the matter is I didn't understand and still don't understand to this day much of what happened in court. Yeah. Because it, it was in check and it was in constant translation. And like in order for me to really understand it, I'd have to get the transcripts in check of the entire court case. I don't even know if I could do that. Have it all translated into English. Like while it was going on, you know, my translator would be translating whatever whoever was saying. And I'd stop and I'd be like, what does that mean? And she'd say, it means this. But at the same time whatever else is going on is still going on so then she's like i'm like what's going on now she's like hold on i don't know and trying to play constant catch-up and it was just like what the fuck is going on here man yeah what is going on i don't know all i could do is just tell the truth you know and try not to like make a jackass out of myself too much and do the right thing and it worked out you know did you guys? Did you ever get the the bail money back? Does it, does that come return to you? Or that we was... didn't get it back. The people we borrowed it from. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> whoever, whoever. Yeah. Our, okay. One. Some people was our, our record label, and other were some wealthy benefactors. I happen to know, and God bless them. I love you, people, and you know who you are. Yeah. Who loaned us some money to get my narrow ass out of jail <laughs> <laughs> and and like that court the whole trial and whatever was that like a band expense or a personal expense or if this is too per like <laughs> if you don't want to get into this but like you know uh my band we all like i mean there was definitely some personal expense involved in this mm-hmm. but um once again man the fans like completely kept us from sinking Mm-hmm. We, and I write that in the book a few times as well, and I can't thank them enough. You know, we never went bankrupt. We were still able to make payroll to, like, you know, pay the few people that we employ. Because it's not just five dudes in Lamb of God, you know. There's yeah. a whole crew. And you got, you've got you got to keep the machine lubricated like any business or else it falls to pieces. But, you know, they kept us financially solvent. Not like money in the bank but like we weren't thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in debt i had Mm -hmm. six lawyers dude all billing at the same time that's a lot of fucking money i had travel expenses all a lot of that money came from the fans it came from people who bought our auction our, our auction stuff that we auctioned it came from people just fans who made t-shirts and sold them and donated money it came from people like jamie josta who i fucking love who made free randy t-shirts and sold them through his hateware company you know people carried us along and i really you know can't express my gratitude enough for that um and but you know like it's interesting uh there's a this thing with uh with the Czech Republic where if you're found not guilty, you can apply to the court to try and get some of your money back, you know, mm-hmm. uh, some of your court expenses cause you're not guilty. So we kind of looked into that, you know, and they wanted me to like, God, make all these like statements and statements from my family about how I was mentally or like this it affected me and how, you know, like just go through the whole thing and say like how traumatized I am now and all that stuff. And it sucked, man. There's no doubt about it. But I'm not suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. I'm able to go to work 
you know, we're able to go on tour. I'm able to write a book. I'm able to start making a little bit of money, which is a good thing. Yeah. You know, because we're fucking broke. (laughs) In the book, I thought uh, you call yourself a budget rock star. And I thought that was a very excellent description because people just assume, oh, Lamb of God, you guys headline festivals. You must be like uh, living the the lifestyle. And it's like, no, there's still. No, I mean, we make a comfortable living, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I'm lucky to have a fucking job, especially one as cool as, as mine. Mm-hmm. But as this incident shows, or if you hear about people from big bands who get like an illness and all of a sudden they're having all these medical benefits, you know, or stuff to pay, help pay for their funerals and stuff like that, you know, like we're not bazillionaires, you know, we're just not. Um, and there's no like retirement plan in this business. You got to try and make some wise decisions and save the best you can, which I didn't always do when I was drinking. You know, I like, I like to buy everybody drinks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Including me. (laughs) Mostly yourself. (laughs) Mostly myself. But I was, I was not a stingy drunk. I mean, I got flair. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. Exactly. You know, I love, love Mr. Flair, but, um, no, but like, you know, we're we're out and we're starting to make some money again and able to put some money away. And yeah. that's, that's good. I was say, you don't want to go back through the check court system for like a few bucks because, you know, these, these no, motherfuckers. And also, are... also, I don't feel confident. I don't, it's not the truth. I'm not going to go in there and right. like sell, like, I didn't go in there and cry when they were like, we might send you to prison for 10 years. Why am I right. going to go in there and cry to try and get some money back? Mm. I ain't a bitch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Fuck that. You're an honest guy. I try. I try. It's hard. It's uh, hard. Let's do just one more question. Uh, this one. This one's about the band, about the about Lamb of God. We broke up. <laughs> <laughs> hey there. Uh, my name is Christian. I'm from Victoria, BC, Canada. Hello, Christian. I a question for Randy. Um, so the clean singing uh, on your new song, Overlord, um, I think it's great, and I think that in order to progress, uh, you have to make a change. And you publicly stated that you have no interest in screaming long term. And I just wondered if you could clarify: uh, is that your intention is to eventually phase out the screaming? I know that your uh, foundation uh, lay in punk rock. That's what you originally wanted to do. Um, can we look forward to? some sort of crossover here with Lamb of God in the long term. Um, honestly, I think you're, it's a great band. I've been a fan for a long time, and I think that the new developments are the most exciting. Uh, props to you, man. Cheers. Now, before you answer, I just want to say one thing. You know, you have this new song. It has clean singing in it. You did an interview where you were like, oh, I'm, I don't feel bound to screaming for the the, the rest of my life. Doc Coyle. I yeah, can, I can tell you. Go ahead. And then the headlines are like, "Oh, Randy doesn't want to scream anymore." Do you know what? That and let me publicly state this so that whoever wrote these things, or at least people, realize how fucking stupid things have gotten and how lame have gotten. Right? People mm-hmm. are sending me these headlines from like Chatter Lips or whatever the fuck it is, and <laughs> you know whatever the other sites. One is. Randy doesn't feel like screaming anymore. Okay. <laughs> Let's 
let's take that out of context, right? And mm-hmm. let's just look at that sentence and let's think about that, okay? Mm-hmm. That sounds so fucking stupid, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Doesn't, yeah. Rob doesn't feel like screaming anymore. I wish. <laughs> oh, Rob's, <laughs> yeah. But do, do, like no That's, one walks around screaming yeah. all the time. That seems yeah. like and it's then good news. Like there's another one that yeah, it does. Like, it seems like okay, great. Things are going good. Done for having a yeah. fit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Randy and, mellows out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then there's another one that said. Randy has fun singing. That equally sounds. What are you in kindergarten? What is going on? Are you fucking people stupid? Do you really have to write this? You enjoy what you do, loser. Dude, writing that shit? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Can I explain it to you? Randy has fun singing. That I can't explain. Uh, The headline that I wrote was Randy Blight has no, quote, burning desire to keep screaming. Right. You quoted what I said, though. Okay. Right. Great. Great. Rob, you're off the hook. Yes. You did it. You didn't write, Randy doesn't feel like screaming anymore. (laughs) But here's the thing. Okay, and here's another thing. Yeah, go ahead. Let's take this whole, and let's look at this whole thing, okay? This has gotten out of hand, the metal media. You people are starting to fucking disappoint me. (laughs) All right? Like, these little things that you take, these sensationalist things, little things, that's a bummer. That's that's a fucking bummer, blabbermouth and loudwire and PRP and all of you people. It's a fucking bummer. We're not children here, you know. It's just the way of the internet. It's click. It's just the way of the internet. It it's, sucks. It's the only way to make money. <laughs> yes, it's clickbait. It's but like, I want everybody to know that it's juvenile and it's inane and it has nothing to do with the whole fucking picture, right? Here's the problem right? though. People aren't actually reading the story. They only see the headline. Then then well, there's no hope for the world. There is right. no hope. Do you not not understand? <laughs> I agree. I agree. We Rob are has doomed. It. We yeah. are doomed. I haven't accepted it yet. <laughs> I I am an optimist, a angry optimist. Right? <laughs> I haven't accepted that people are that stupid yet. They probably, indubitably, they are. No, they I haven't accepted that. I refuse to. I believe in you people. Be smarter. Expect more. Okay, this is how that went down. Doc Quayle asked me a question. We're on the phone. We're bros, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? He we, played with you guys. He filled he, in for he, you guys. We shared tour buses yeah. together. You know, he's the only person, black man, I am comfortable really with him using harsh racial slurs to describe me. That's how <laughs> tight we are. You know, yeah. in like a 7-Eleven in Texas, right? It's because <laughs> it's fucked up. That's how it goes. You know, we're tight like that. He's just asking me, he's like, so do you feel like this burning need to, to scream anymore? Right? Is that something you feel the need to do? And I said, no. <laughs> That's it. That and it, but let's look at it in context. When I was first, it's it makes it sound as if like, you know, the whole the years back when we formed the band, I was this animal filled with this <laughs> constant urge to run down the street, fucking screaming my head off. That's not true. No one feels that way. 
No one. It no just sounded one. good. And now you want to do something else that sounds good now. But to you. And but, it, uh, but there wasn't even. This, but hold on, it's, it's there like, wasn't even a conscious decision there. Willie wrote a blues song, and I was in my truck, and I'm like, hmm, 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 hmm. oh yeah, that works. I can sing to that. Yeah. That's how it happened. Right. There is that much thought put into it. Mm. It wasn't like this. I don't feel like screaming anymore. I'm turning. Let's get German with it. You know, I'm sure they could be. Like, oh yes, it's a very big change for Lamb of God. Perhaps you are abandoning your German roots, your metal roots. Perhaps you're going soft to be playing the new metal. Yeah, you know. Yeah. No, fuck you. It's a song. Jesus fucking Christ. So you can go on record as saying the next Lamb of God record, if there is a Lamb of there God record. There will be no next Lamb of God record. <laughs> You're going on record. I'm going on record saying that right now. We're done. And there's no clean singing on it. Well, well there could no, be. There could be. It's all clean singing. <laughs> it's all clean well, singing. Well, that's what the, the headline readers took away from it. Like, oh, Lamb of God's going to be a clean singing band. Like, that's because you song. and people like you <laughs> yes. are feeding them horseshit. Yes, you yes. are providing them mental garbage. Well, All look. you people, listen to me. Use your fucking mind before We're have to it's cut too late. <laughs> Use your mind. Read the whole story. Read Come the story. On, Forrest, I say it. You can do it. I Use say that, that fucking gray thing between your ears. <laughs> it's there for a reason. Come on, think. I say that too. You have to read the story. People, I think it's with Facebook. You know, people are just That's on why their I don't phone. Have Facebook. People yeah. are just on their phone. They're just scanning through their their news feed, and they don't read the story. They're just like, "Oh, Randy doesn't have a burning desire to scream. Oh, so he's just singing now." They're not even reading. They've already come. They're going to their... gonna pull headlines from this. From yeah. what we're saying. I was just about to say, like, Randy gonna... hates humanity. How about that one? <laughs> Put that one in there. Randy I... thinks you should all be exterminated like the mindless vermin you are. Put that one in there. I, I'm know? very curious how Blabbermouth spins what you just said. <laughs> Randy has I no desire to be out of Randy has no desire to appease you monkeys anymore. How about that? I don't give a fuck. Fuck. Yeah. Use your mind, people. Please. And read please. the whole story. Read the, read the whole story. story. Use it. You can do it. You were born <laughs> with a brain. It's uh, beautiful. It's a complex thing. Stop looking at your cell phones. Now. Stop. <laughs> Put it away. Mind. Put it away. <laughs> that is the trick, Stop though, it. to read the story because it says, like, is Randy over uh, yeah. screaming? And then you read the story and it says no. No, and that's it's it. not. And that's that's the it. That's the story. That's the thing. It's like, you, like as a publisher, my job in a sense is to have the most eye-catching headline, which would result so in a click. So you're admitting to, to clickbait. To clickbait. I I People, am admitting, I, I, but I, I feel that clickbait as a term has been stretched to mean just like creating an engaging headline, like. It it's it's clickbait if if you're if it's misleading if there's no content yeah if there's no content to it but if it's like if it's an interview post you have to have like if it's just like oh here's a new Randy interview no one would click that but if you Randy goes off on the state of metal journalism and a screaming <laughs> that's, rampage in that's the accurate series, see that's a clickable that headline that's can I just ask a question yeah. so I don't, if, if it's clickbait and clickbait is for people who only read the headline then they're not clicking because if they're clicking well that's what you're clicking to read the article the uh, you're right you're right most people do not uh, uh, read the post but enough people do where you know, 
So I, maybe, I can make this a full-time job. Do these kids know how the internet actually works? Do no. they know? They don't no. know how people, people get paid. They don't think about it. They don't think, you know, all these things when I look at works. stuff. And I, I, what's really annoyed me when I look at any sort of story now is at the bottom is like there's 15 of these fucking stories. Oh, yeah. That are like... Ten women you won't yeah. believe, oh, and yeah. it's like some woman with a face that's clickbait, like a fucking water buffalo <laughs> yeah. and a body like Pamela Anderson yeah. or something, <laughs> or like you know, there's like you know, amazing babies, you know, yeah. or, twenty child yeah. stars who've stabbed yeah. someone. Yeah, you don't believe how surgery. Use child. I'll yeah. tell you what; those widgets are the only type of indirect advertising that actually pays now that's why it's like yes. it's highly profitable people don't i don't think they know yeah. why yeah how things work yeah they don't think they don't have to think about it it's they, not they, in their peripheral like what do they care about so them? have you seen idiocracy yes and it's it's low true. it is upon us yeah <laughs> it is yeah. upon us it, my is, it is it is we're it's prophetic yeah it's okay. absurdly prophetic how yes People, if, if people want to know the way things are going, they should yeah. watch Idiocracy. Yeah, it's it's so on point. Absolutely, you know, it's it's unbelievable. And these the way people communicate is getting shorter and shorter, mm-hmm. and th- these words and less personal. It's not even like, words now; it's just emojis, adorbs, <laughs> and stuff. And soon art. people won't speak in person; they'll just be like. Ugh. Yeah. Here's the new interview between Rob and Randy. (laughs) 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 Now a word from our sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) Clean singing. (laughs) (laughs) No clean singing. Randy doesn't feel like imitating a monkey anymore. Oh, no. But the whole story will just be a meme. It'll say Randy yeah. doesn't feel it. He'll just hold up a meme. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, dude. It. Uh, we can go off on and this. And this is why forever. I don't like you pay stay. that much attention to the internet. And what's scary and fright, even as a publisher, is it's just getting worse. But it's people getting... send me these headlines. Friends of mine, like, you don't feel like screaming. <laughs> You're not Jeez, screaming anymore. I'm, I'm not running down the street screaming my fucking nuts off. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. You know. Uh, the, just I'm begging you, please, please, people, fucking be smarter than the internet. <laughs> One last thing before we let you go. Oh, let's keep going. Let's all right, let's get, let's, hey, let's, I don't mind. <laughs> uh, we we could stay here all night. Yeah, I know you're ask me I'll some questions. But ask me some questions. I want to like as as a proud Southerner. And you, uh, what is your like? I have to ask. Are you going to ask about the the flag? The flag. Yes. Okay. F- frame it. Let me hear the question. What is your what? First of all, can you explain to me? You know, like with a lot of these people that that are pro Confederate flag, they're like, oh, it represents our, our our heritage. And as a Northerner, as a true Yankee, as a Jew from Brooklyn, as a Jew, yeah. from, Brooklyn, Jew from Brooklyn, yeah. I like what is the hat? Like what other than what slavery? <laughs> like what? You don't what, even know what that flag is. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. And fully, you know what? Most of the people waving that fucking flag don't yeah. know what that flag is. That is the flag of the Army of Northern Virginia. It is not the flag of the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. It is a military unit flag. Okay. Right. But the the second and third flags of the Confederacy had that exact same thing as a portion of the flag. Right, right. right? Now, here is my thoughts, mm-hmm. since I have a Yankee Jewish guy with me. Yes, and, multiple. And Three. Multiple. Oy vey. Yeah. My homies. We're <laughs> my, oh, nice. my rabbi told me that. I have a rabbi. You roll, you roll your house. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, I have a rabbi. 
I'm not Jewish, but I have a rabbi. Shout out to Rabbi Stick. He's in wow. Israel right now, actually. Well, what does he do for you in his rabbi capacity? Rabbi means teacher. You know, he's one of my spiritual advisors. Cool. Oh, like, right. I'm not Jewish and I don't, you know, follow the, that, all that stuff, but he's a wonderful human being. Um, We're all very secular Jews, yeah. I would yeah. say. He's yeah. not, so. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine. Nothing but, against the rabbi stick. Yeah. yeah. He's not like like Orthodox, like Hasid or anything. You know? mm-hmm. It's like reform. Um, great dude, though. Love him. Uh, the deal with the flag, number one of, of the Army of Northern Virginia, the mm-hmm. rebel flag. Number one, I am so glad it got taken down from South Carolina's state building. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. Number one, like, and I'm probably going to get shot when I'm down in Charleston next time <laughs> or something, but I don't give a fuck. Right? These are taxpayers' dollars maintaining yeah. this, paying for the people that raise that flag up. You know? Mm-hmm. This is not a Sons of the Confederacy building right this right. is your state capital yeah it's not an elks lodge right yeah <laughs> come on you know and they're descendants of slaves that are constituents of that yes they're yeah, yeah it, who their money pays for you to run that flag up yeah you know what i mean let's be realistic you know um that being said at the same time and i this is something i learned from my father who is a liberal man, a highly intelligent man, a very moral man. I don't believe in censorship mm-hmm. in America, right? I believe that anyone should be able to fly the swastika, mm-hmm. right? I think it's fucking despicable. I, you know, I fucking despise that, you know? I'm obviously anti-racist, anti-fascist, have been punk rock oi oi whatever you know yeah like but you have that right whoever they want they have the right to display that flag you know what i mean i don't think half the people know what it means it's a military unit flag you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, i don't think they know what it means but they have that right they just know? give it their own meaning even the fucking lowest of the low that god hates fags people mm-hmm. they have the right to be idiots Right. Mm -hmm. We all have that right here in America because this is a believe it or not. Some people say it's not. I've been to places that are not free societies. This is a relatively free society. And the minute we start clamping down just because we don't like something like that, if it's not directly like hurting someone else, that opens all sorts of doors, man. I completely agree with you. That opens all sorts of doors. I don't, I'm sorry, go ahead. My father, when I was a kid, you know, he was the minister of this church. The local library was talking about banning a book because it had some smutty parts in it. It's a garbage book, you know, no redeeming qualities. And they were talking, and it kind of made this sort of like, fury in this small town and we're going to ban this book my father the minister of the church shows up and says do not ban this book this is garbage i think it's immoral you know and it goes against what i what what i stand for but don't ban it man we're americans you know and we have the right to freedom of expression you know and this to some people is free speech um I think it's it's kind of a like I think it's definitely should be taken down from the yeah. government buildings, and I'm glad of that. Yeah, but you know I don't think you know 
should be banished. Well, I don't think they don't, they don't think like, they can ban it. Yeah, or has no. anyone been trying to ban it? I don't think. No. I don't How think do do so. That? I think yeah. it's just another case of the internet hive mind taking yes. over the story. Yes, it is. They're trying to ban the rebel flag. Yeah, like no, oh, no, I'm, I'm gonna yeah. fly all Save my flag. Save the General yeah. Lee. The same yeah. people that are gonna take all the guns. That, uh, well, there were now here. There's Obama. one thing, and this is where I thought it was pushing a little bit far. Apple, I think I read about this, and some other things took some video games off the historic video games, like at, the, at one point where mm-hmm. in the um, I guess the emblems in the App Store or whatever, it showed that this is a Civil War video game, and and you'll see. A union flag and a rebel flag, and they're like, "Oh, take that down! It's got a rebel flag." It's like yeah. it's a fucking video game, dude. Yeah, you know we don't get Call of Duty one and pull away the yeah. swastikas because that's what happened. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. history. Um, you know, for me, uh, my family being from a long line of Southerners, I can say for a matter of fact, half of us were Quakers who were abolitionists before that was ever a, like a, a big deal. The other half were I don't know what their racial deals were, you know, mm-hmm. but we were certainly too poor to own slaves. Only rich people had slaves. I come from a long line of farmers, and they worked their own farms. I do know that my grandfather told uh, some people from the KKK who wanted to come and burn a cross on, on his farm. He said, no, fuck you, no, you know. And that was back in the day when he didn't get you in trouble, Yeah, you know. Um, so I was, I've never been raised that way, you know. I've never been raised that way. I think um, it's really good that that flag is down, you know. And I think if some people are going to wave it and all this other stuff, they need to realize what it symbolizes to other people. Yeah. You know? Like, I think it's a mistake to, I think it's simple-minded to equate it with, like, a Nazi flag. Mm-hmm. I think it's simple-minded because you have, in fact, a lot of people in the South don't look at that. They do look at it as a symbol of their heritage. Mm-hmm. You know, I have relatives buried in graveyards who were Confederate soldiers. You know, and the local daughters of the Confederacy or whatever will put little Confederate flags. I live in Richmond. It was the you know capital of the Confederacy. They don't equate it with hate, but publicly displaying it and all that stuff, man, it's offensive to people. You know, yeah, just use some fucking common sense. The only place I think it shouldn't be taken away is in there's a certain military units that are in existence today in their regimental colors. There's uh, campaign banners, right? Mm -hmm. They were earned during that campaign and no one else but the regimental commander can take that away. Some of those have those flags there because they date back to that time. That's a military flag. You know, it's not, you know, it's it's a battle flag. It's not yeah. the Republic. But the whole thing, man, I was happy. I was looking at the, the paper the other day. I was happy to see that it came down in South Carolina. You know? Yeah, same here. I, I agree. I, like, I don't care if some guy waves in, in his, like, backyard yeah. or whatever, but I don't think the government should be proudly displaying those. Well, we have either. to, the, like, as a matter of fact, Randy was saying before how people don't communicate anymore. People speak in sound bites and image macros and all this yeah. stuff. So we should be more communicative and mindful of the fact that, you know, a black guy going to work on a bus passes that courthouse and sees, to his mind, a symbol of slavery. And they're yeah. not, and even if the person is totally innocuously flying that flag in their outside their own house uh, because they're proud of the South and they have, they're, not race, they're not a racist bone in their body or in their lineage, uh, that person's still going to see slavery when they see that flag. So 
it matters what how, how what where it's coming from, but it also matters what other people are seeing in that. We should be just at least be mindful. Of that's that. an excellent way to put it. You know, I mean, like I said, I think it's a mistake unless these people are like wacky, like white supremacists, like right. that fucking monster that went to the church in Charleston. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, you have to be cognizant of the fact that for some of these people, they aren't in the KKK. They aren't like neo Nazis. It's like a symbol of the, their heritage. And also it's kind of weird. I, I don't know how to explain it except for that being in the South, we live where all of this stuff happened. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like you guys, there's, there's no like battles up here. You know, there's a lot of revolutionary. War yeah. Yeah. But you don't, you don't grow up steeped in that history. Yeah. yeah. I know? remember uh, when I went down to Richmond, uh, uh, Dave Brockie, Drove us around and show us all the memorials of like the the leaders yeah. of the Confederacy. Yeah, that you, are up there. you grow up steeped in this history and in this folklore, and you grow up in your family history of knowing people, like knowing somewhere back in the way you're you're one of your ancestors fought in either the Union or the Confederacy. You know, uh, and there's like this awareness in the South that I think doesn't exist here. You know. Yeah. It, it doesn't exist. So I think there's, as ridiculous as it seems, there's a bit of a of a cultural hangover from the Civil War still that hangs over the South. Mm-hmm. So it's important, I think, to, to be cognizant of, no, these people with the flag, they say it's heritage. Some of them, it's just that. But these people also need to come into like the modern era and realize, hey, man, this is pretty offensive to some other people yeah you know and it sure as fuck doesn't need to be paying flying from a government building with yeah. taxpayers dollars that's what i question absolutely you know yeah absolutely not you know there should be one flag the american flag and your state flag yeah that's it and you a know, pow flag sometimes yeah yeah for sure but i mean plus yeah. in case anyone didn't know the civil war is over exactly and <laughs> in, in, in eighteen sixty. breaking news it's randy bly <laughs> quote the civil war is the over the civil war is There's over randy bly has no burning desire to continue the civil war <laughs> yes. but when he said it was he screaming or was he was a clean or as we like to put it the wall of northern aggression. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we got to get out of here really quickly. Like one word. Do you have an early contender for for a presidential candidate that you're rooting for in uh, 2016, or too early for? Who's going to be yourself? Who's going to be our president? You're asking me. Or or who, who would you want, want yeah, to yeah. be? Who would Who would you want if you had the decision? If this who was would a, I want to a, be? A blind monarchy of the people could, that are running. Yeah. I, 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 well, there wouldn't it wouldn't be a presidency. It would be. A, <laughs> A benevolent dictatorship with right. me in charge, <laughs> right, of course. Right, right. You know? But if you could pick the next president of the the candidates right now, do you have anyone who's a? I mean, dude, it's Hillary's going to be our president. I think, you think so. so. Yeah, I she's going to be our president, and like, kind of not happy about it. You're not. I wouldn't say it. Not I mean, happy. I'm, I'm. I think they're better candidates. Yeah, well, it's a, I just don't want. Evil yeah, situation. I just don't want another Clinton. It's like uh, it's a repeat. It's not because she's a Clinton. It's because I know what her politics yeah. are and I, I agree with a lot of them but I think I, I, I really disagree with a lot of other ones and I, I wish it would be more a more yeah. someone who suits my politics better it would be, I mean I know it's like a like I wish Bernie Sanders could win but I, I just feel like he has so much going against him like purely on the surface he's not a good looking guy he's not necessarily 
camera ready. Well, he's uh, you know, but, he's, uh, uh, like an uncle. Yeah, he's but a like a grandfather more so. Like, uh, but uh, his everything, every one of his social issues, I'm with, or like political issues, I should say. Well, you know, it's the presidency to me isn't the big issue. It's the Congress. Mm, right. We have been the prisoner of just one of the worst Congresses yeah. in the history of the United States. Yeah. It's like a bunch of fucking 12-year-olds, you know? Yeah. Just bipartisan politics at its worst, and they have not keeping the, the welfare of the American people in mind and getting kind of tired of that. Yeah. So I'm going to be moving to my island soon. Oh, nice. All of you people can kiss my ass. Put that in your head. <laughs> Randonesia? Randonesia, and I'll be taking applications. <laughs> Come, evolve, live with me. <laughs> All right. Uh, we should get out of here. But uh, the new Randy Bly memoir, Dark Days. Pack of Lies. Comes out on <laughs> Tuesday. Comes out or... Tuesday, July 14th. So if it's after July 14th, you can buy it. Now, there's a link. There's going to be a link on the episode description if you'd like to purchase the book on, on a digital retailer like Amazon. Mm-hmm. can provide you the link. Or you can go to your local independently owned bookstore, support yes. small business, oh, and yes. say, yo, order this. They want your business. Give them your business. And the new Lamb of God album, Seven, Sturm und Drang. Sturm und Drang. You gotta say it that way, Rob. Sturm und Drang. I don't know how to say it right. The only guy in our band who can say it right is Mark, because <laughs> he speaks German. I don't have his number. I don't think he'd be very happy with me right now. (laughs) But that comes out July 24th. You guys recorded an album completely on the DL. Nobody knew about it until about two months ago. Which (laughs) kudos, fucking awesome! You nailed. You beat the internet. Yes, you nailed. Because I I must admit, I was kind of giggly about that, (laughs) like a little girl. You told like one day I woke up. There's a new Lamb of God track. What's going on, (laughs) Uh, dude? And all the dude is so. Here's like this is how dumb people have gotten. I took all these pictures while we were writing in pre-production and I took mm-hmm. them in a specific order and I gave them into our management and I said release these in a specific order and it shows a process of motion yeah like at first it just showed equipment and then the hand and then like hands moving and then more blah 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 blah, blah. and Chris was recording Megadeth at the same time yeah and like people are like how can he be recording Megadeth and Lamb of God at the same time? Like, very confused. That was me. I was like, wait, but he's at the studio. But, like, some people were just like, like, they they were just like, it's like, it's like, don't believe anything. (laughs) I'm fucking with you. You know what I mean? You guys pulled one over on us. And I thought it was great, and it amused me. I will admit that. I will admit it amused me. See, you could use the internet to your benefit still. There's yeah, still a It's just childish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that album comes out July 24th. I've already it sucks. Hit. Don't buy it. I've already heard some tracks. Thanks so much for, for coming in yeah, and hanging out with us yeah. for so long. Of course. It's yeah, fun. It's been an absolute pleasure. Believe it. Hopefully, uh, we met your uh, low expectations. Yeah. Perhaps surpassed <laughs> them. Yes. And, you know, I will uh, publicly say that's, you know, that's my last statement about the rebel flag. My, you know, I've, I've said it all. It's out the rise again, god damn it. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to get out of here. Thank you once again to Randy. Thank you to everybody that came in today. Thanks to Alyssa from DeCapo Press Yeah. for escorting Randy over here. Yes. Shuttle him over in time. All, all the people who worked for us for free in the other room, thank you so much. Ash thank you. and Marina. <laughs> 
And we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of the live cast. But Randy won't be here, though. Sorry. I might be. Uh-oh. Oh, oh hey. a new cast member. <laughs>